You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome back. This is the Grinning Goats Castle at Murder at Castle Nathria card review stream podcast VOD. This is Adwicta. This is Murps. We've been going all night, and now this is all hour night. like mm-hmm. 48,000 uh, of the is, review. I mean, this is actually hour like 24. Honestly, this is pretty much 24 hours after we started the recording. And and if you're like, what what, what the hell happened? Um, I've been listening to the whole thing, and it's only been like three or four hours. I don't know how long it's been. It's because Merps' power went out uh, right after the neutral, so at a good cutoff point. But uh, it didn't go get on until like 1 or 2 a.m. or something, and so we didn't continue. So we are now on Monday night doing this recording so uh, um, if you're wondering why things are late that's also why things are late um, now you can listen to us uh, when you are already playing with the cards and tell us how wrong we are uh, it, live yep um, alright so we got Demon Hunter first I think a lot of people remember the ups and lows like you know like for Demon Hunter there have been metas in which Demon Hunters have been crazy good because they have crazy cards. And remember, Expendable Performers, Cycle of Hatred, Ancient Voidhound. Those cards are coming back. What are the new cards that are coming in for Demon Hunter? Are they just a strong... Let's see. What's what? Okay, let's see. The, so the first card we're going to talk about is the strongest non-legendary card at Demon Hunter. We're going to do all these commons first, then rares, then epics, then uh, legendaries. Um, not how we did the neutrals, um, just just because we've been having some some trouble finding uh, each card, and it makes sense from the offering rate standpoint. Um, you can see the common ones a lot more common until they nerf them. So the best card in the Demon Hunter set is Magnifying Glaive. This is a A plus, a A plus card. That's how amazing this card is. Uh, and it is a 3-mana 2-2. Two, two. After your hero attacks, draw until you have 3 cards. So, if you're doing this right and you're emptying out your hand, which, you know, will be a little hard in, uh, in the new meta, uh, but it'll definitely be possible, you will end up having 3-mana for 6 draws and 4 damage. It's pretty easy, I think, to get a good number of draws from this and if you also look at the other cards that demon hunter got and if you look at the way that i think they kind of have to play in this meta and i understand skullamance is in uh dark moon fair is in so you know i talk about infuse corrupt all of this stuff i think demon hunters are one of those classes that has to push a little bit if you look at the other cards that are coming in, you're like, oh, wait, they are going to empty their hand or at least mm-hmm. play faster, as in play their cards more quickly than basically any of the other classes. This card was good, and I think it'll be a really good fit for the meta. 
And I think some people, because I've seen the analysis from it, I think some people are like, well, you know, it's not an on-curve play. And yeah, it is definitely not an on-curve play. It's just so, so strong. And where it really shines is like the second charge, right? Because, you mm-hmm. know, the first charge, you might, you probably won't get like s- super value from it. But the second charge, man, I, I think you can pretty easily you know set it up um if you do an an initial setup and then the second charge you can draw like two cards right so even if you draw like one to two cards at the beginning and then you just draw two cards right you know you still have one card in your hand because you could dump and then and then you draw right draw last lull you have gotten an insane amount of value right Mm -hmm. it's three mana for split four damage and you are able to draw like three plus cards you know a little bit more than three cards that's really you freaking can, good you also don't have to use this in second turn you can use this the third or fourth turn you just yeah, can't you use your face until then if you want the cards which you know you probably should at that point uh, depending on how the game is going but this is not like no one's forcing you to use the second charge immediately because you can't empty out your hand uh you can you know it'll it'll help you but like i wouldn't I, I would I would just hold on for another turn and use up another ten mana. Um, the fact that the games go on for so long, like people are, are going to say, like that means you you know you already have a lot of cards. Well, that's true, but it also allows this card to actually be good because you need to be at like ten mana for this card to be at its best because you need to empty out your hand after you play this card so that you can use the second charge. So the fact that the meta goes on for a while actually works to this card's advantage as well as hurting it, right? So it's not a it's not a one-way street. It's not like, oh, we have so many cards, who needs more cards? It's also, hey, this card is structured in a way, so you do need to hit the later mana turns for this to be really good. Yep. Um, uh, and people in the chat are making a good point as well. I mean, it's, it's something that... Um uh, I, I think whenever some people look at this card, they're like, oh, like, man, the first charge is going to be not great. You also just don't have to use the first charge immediately. Like, mm-hmm. how many times do you perhaps have three mana at the end of the turn? Yeah. Sure, you know, you could play like an inefficient two drop or, or something. But, you know, how much power does that really add to the board? You have like, let's say, three cards left in your hand if you play this. Just play it. Don't swing, right? It uh, also adds power to the board, right? It's tempo. It does. It's more it damage of tempo. Right, it's not. Right. It's not like a non-tempo play, right? Um, and then you, on the next turn, play because then on the next turn you have four cards total, right? And you mm-hmm. probably will be able to play like two cards. I think that's fair to say, right? Just play two cards, and then afterwards you swing with it. It's it's fantastic. Like. Mm-hmm. This is one of those cards that I see being meta specifically very good, but also yeah. just generally very good for demon hunters. So A plus, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, like this A plus is really good. S is cards that should not exist, especially like in, in common, like even as a class card. S is like caverns. A plus is super good. Like you're gonna see this a lot with this set where. I mean, we just did the neutral analysis. There were some OP cards, but overall, it wasn't like a super strong set. It's a little bit polarized. We usually see a lot more B-tier cards in the modern sets than we do in this set. This set had a lot of C-tier cards for uh, for, for a modern set. Um, but it more than makes up for it in the class cards. 
some of these classes are totally ridiculous. And even the bad ones. And, you know, we're going to... You, you know, you've heard. Demon Hunter cards in the set suck. Right? You've heard it everywhere. But even in the bad classes, you have, like, an A-plus tier common card. If this were, I don't know, a year ago, we would look at this and say, Oh my god, Demon Hunter OP. Like, yeah, sure, they're going to get a bunch of useless cards. But, oh my god, this one card will just carry Demon Hunters. And this card is so good that it will shape demon hunter decks everywhere like if it didn't exist maybe demon hunters go a little slower but you know what it exists and so now demon hunters are going to be a turn two turns three turns ahead of all the other classes because you're just gonna have to draft like that because this card is going to force you to draft like that because this card is so good all right um, i think okay. we said enough about this one yeah it's magnifying glass next up another common card is Bibliomite. Bibliomite is a B tier card. So now we're at just the you know good card in your in your deck. Nothing nothing special. Two mana four four. Battle cry. Choose a card in your hand and shuffle it into your deck. So remember how two mana four three in Warlock made you discard a random card. Well, this one is a 2-mana 4-4 now, and you are not discarding a random card. You are picking a card in your hand to shuffle back into your deck. So Yeah, I, I think, because I've read the analyses for this, and I think some people are like, oh, I don't know exactly if it's worth it. What? Which I'm two so mana four, surprised four. at. So, okay, I think one, another way to, to look at it, um, and, and I think one way that really helped me to look at it is, at the time you play this, you are basically selecting, I am choosing a card from my hand to turn into a zero mana plus one plus two buff or zero mana plus two plus one buff, you know, like compared mm. to like a three, two or like a two. Three. I would say like a plus one plus one buff. Because uh, the fair days, value of sure. a normal two drop, it's a three three. Even though they're not going to get get put, a two they're not going to put the stats, right? but there's yeah. a, an effect, right? Okay, yeah. yeah, I think that's fine. You're you're basically choosing to turn a card that yes. you know you can choose. Yeah, uh, and the the good part is that you can choose. If this right. were just discard a card, this would not be a B tier card at all. This no, would be no. I don't even think this would be a C tier card. This would be like you know, it's like it, the, the card was bad, right? But because you can choose, you can choose your Yasera if this is actually a two drop. Right? And that's game-winning, to not have Ysera in your hand on turn two, 3, I guess, is the next turn you can actually use anything. That is hugely game-winning. Like, and that's what you can do. So you're thinking, like, oh, I'm losing a card. But oftentimes you're not losing a card. Or you're losing a card, like, six turns down the road. Um, okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm reading chat right now. Someone makes a really good point. Bill Nye the Pie Guy, who uh, who says you can also uh, throw away cards that are blocking outcasts. Mm-hmm. If the Yasera is blocking an outcast or something, like you can actually solve your problems with it. So it may even be somewhat of a positive in Demon Hunter specifically. That's a good point. Um, all right. Next up, we are going to finally start talking about what you have probably heard some about. And that is the key mechanic for Demon Hunter in this expansion. It is Relics. Uh, relics work like this. There are three Relics. Just three. They each do a thing, and they're like Jade. Whenever they do a thing, 
they stack something uh, like when they get improved in the future it gets more powerful when you play it so jades if you don't if you remember from way back when I think it was Mean Streets of Gadget Zen. I, I actually forget specifically. Um, but it's like the first one summons a 1-1, one, one, then the next one summons a 2-2, two, two, then the next one's a 3-3, three, three, the next one's a 4-4. Four, four. So when you play one relic, the next relic you play does a boosted version of it, and the relic afterwards that you play does another boost, uh, does a boosted version of that. So they're all different, but the card itself kind of upgrades itself each time you have, based on how many relics you've played in the past. Um... That's obviously great if you can play a bajillion relics, but much like Jade from back in the day, the mechanic just falls short in Arena because you're not going to be offered endless relics and they're pretty bad in and of itself. At least with Jade, it's always tied to another effect. With these relics, this is the whole effect. It's, it's just the relic that you're casting. So it's like doubly as reliant on the synergy as Jade and and it just it kind of doesn't come together. Like we, we run the numbers, um, and I think to no one's surprise, it's, it's bad. So, here's the first card. The common one is Relic of Extinction. Two mana, spell, common spell. It says, deal one damage to a random enemy minion. Twice. Improve your future relics. So it's two mana for two random damage to a minion. That is not good. Now, what happens if it's improved? If you've used a relic before this, Relic of Extinction becomes 2 mana, deal 2 damage to a random enemy twice. So now it's 2 mana to deal 4 damage to a random enemy, which is like a real card. It's not even a good card, it's just a real card. Um, that's how much they need you to play relics to boost it up. And in Arena, even if you try to draft a relic deck, you're not going to have enough relics to make this really like be good and be worth it. So we rated this one a F plus. Two mana, two damage is not totally unplayable, but it's close. And sometimes you get two mana, four damage randomly. All right, I don't have anything more to say about it. This whole relic thing. This is kind of the problem with these internal systems in Arena, right? Like, you see stuff that works if all of the cards are independently good. If the cars themselves are not independently good, man, it's tough to get going. Like, if you guys remember, Jade Druid. <laughs> man, I tried so hard to get that to work. Uh, but it's something that only works with each other, right? Like, mm. relics buff other relics. By themselves, they're not that good. It, it's kind of like Jade Druids. And... Mm -hmm. Man, it's I tried so Jade hard. Druids. But... Jade, like, the Jades and Jade Druids do other stuff except one. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, you need the cards to be independently good, and if they work with each other, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't need them to be even independently good. You just need them to be independently okay. And these are not. These are independently trash. Yeah. Alright. Let's look at our first rare card, which uh, we'll just get this out of the way. Uh, let's just do another relic first. So th this is the rare relic. So there's a common relic, a rare relic, and an epic relic. That's another problem with relics, by the way. They're not all common. Uh, so you're not even going to get off of them. Uh, so the, the rare relic is Relic of the Phantasms. It is 3 mana. This one's also a F plus. It is Summon 2 one, one Spirits. Improve your future relics. 3 mana for 2 one, ones is totally trash. Uh, 3 mana for 2 2 twos is kind of normal. Um, so uh, 
You really shouldn't have other relics to play, but it's F+, plus because sometimes you do, or you might, or you might have generated it, and then it's potentially okay. It's not a near do-nothing card, which F-tier cards generally are. Okay, moving on from Relic of the Phantasms. Uh, I'm, we're just going to skip around right now and do the Epic Relic as well, just so you guys uh, see. Uh, the Epic Relic, is, and we're going to jump back to rares. The Epic Relic is a 5-mana card called Relic of Dimensions. It says, draw two cards and reduce their cost by one. Improve your future relics. Now, this one is not absolutely terrible. It's actually a D plus because it's kind of like a worse arcane intellect by itself. It's five mana, you're drawing two cards, but each of them, you're banking one mana in each of those cards. So yeah, you don't want to delay your mana, but it's not the end of the world. And so this is the one where it's an epic, and I can see it a lot, but you may end up actually taking just for itself. And that may end up boosting your other relics, maybe? No, it won't. Uh, but just, just throwing it out there, this is not a dead card. Alright, yeah. Okay. Um, and if you're wondering how this one gets boosted, it does not draw you more cards, it reduces their cost more. So this one's getting boosted is the worst out of all of them in terms of getting boosted. Um, which is why its base is the strongest. Makes sense. Okay, so now I, I did all that just because uh, we, uh, we're we now going back to rares, and it's helpful to know what all the relics are before we look at this rare card, which is the first location. Um, this is a terrible card, actually, to introduce the first location. So you know what? We're going to save all the location discussion for the next location. Just know that this is trash. It is called Relic Vault. It deals with relics. It's three mana. The next relic you play this turn cast twice. Uh, it is an F tier card because you shouldn't have relics to synergize with this. Uh, and it does literally nothing if you don't have relics to synergize with it. Just, just we can just skip over this one. It's, it's, it's obvious trash. We don't, we don't need to talk about it. Okay. Now let's talk about some real cards that the Demon Hunter has. We, we just talked about, we just went through five cards that are basically not cards, by the way. So, there's going to be a lot of bad dilution happening with Demon Hunters. Um, which is good, because like we talked about before, Demon Hunters are getting a lot of really good cards coming back, right? Um, performers, um, I, I'm blanking on the other ones, but they're all really bad and you hate them. Uh, okay, uh, this one is a rare card, the last rare card for Demon Hunters, and it is C tier. It is okay, it is draftable. Um, not not going to be an, uh, as good as an average card in your deck, but not, not total trash either. It is a zero mana card called Dispose of Evidence. Give your hero plus three attack this turn. Choose a card in your hand to shuffle into your deck. So, think backstab. But you discard something, you take some face damage, you deal one extra damage. Alright. This is... I don't know, man. I, like, all right. First of all, I'm just thinking ahead for all of the hunter cards, and it's just kind of like super surprising that I see all of these, and I'm just like, what is going on? I guess they're just afraid of demon hunters at this point, right? Like they're afraid of sort of like what they can get away with, and the constructed deep like demon hunter architect where they can just sort of play a billion cards, get a billion damage, and then combo all of that? I, I think choosing the card to shuffle into your deck is insanely strong in Constructed. Yeah. 
I think because so. it it's like it's like tradable almost, but it's more like it changes the order of your hand. It does stuff. Uh, in arena, it's less impressive, but this card is not bad. I yeah, see I don't people think it's in chat bad. that, I see people that in like chat think right it's now. bad. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think you originally had it lower than this until I was like, "Come on, think about it. Think about it on pure. Think about it on whatever." Like, it's still three extra tempo. Like, I don't care what you're doing to get the tempo. You are still getting three extra tempo for nothing. I mean, for two cards, but for nothing, for no tempo given away, you are getting three extra tempo at any time you want. And again, the card you're discarding is probably not one you'd play anytime soon. Or, it's in the late game, and it's not one that has a significant impact. Or, in the late game, you could just not play this card, right? Until you either empty out your hand or just never play this card and leave it as This is card. one that you had to talk me into, which is kind of rare for cards mm. like this, for you to talk me into it. So, I am tentatively on board right now. I, 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 I will say I'm tentatively on board. It's just kind of a shame, because... This card gets better the stronger the Demon Hunter package is, right? Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm just like, oh, man, everything seems fairly blah. Well, um, I'm reading chat right now. This is a very chat-centric uh, card review. Um, but uh, someone in chat said, uh, this is how you throw away your relics. <laughs> your drafted so, relics in the first place, I guess? I mean, look. Sometimes it's your best option. It's an F plus. The relics are F pluses. They're not F. Sometimes you get two Fs and F plus, and you just take the F plus. Um, but but yeah, like you could have bad cards. We could, we talked about this before too. You could have bad cards in your set, like in your deck. This is not a high power meta uh, outside of the current set. So yeah, it's not the end of the world if you throw away some bad cards. Um. All right. Dispose of evidence, C tier. Like, just basically don't think of this as a non-card, you know? Like, it's it's going to be like Yeti level, a little above Yeti. That's what C tier is. All right. Uh, moving on to the other uh, remaining uh, epic card. Um, this one is one. It's called Sinful Brand. It is one mana. It is F tier. Don't draft this. It says, Branded Enemy Minion. Whenever it takes damage, deal two damage to the enemy hero. I don't think we have to explain why this is terrible. Yep. Alright, next one. Let's go with Artificer Zymox. Stay with us here. Because this card is a relic card. And this card is bustedly broken. <laughs> we just went over how bad relics are. You guys still remember how bad the relics are, right? It's like... 2 mana, deal 2 damage to a random min enemy minion, 3 mana, summon 2 one ones. 5 mana, draw 2 cards and reduce their cost by 1 each. They're bad cards. Well, this tier, this card is what makes relics work in Constructed, I assume, if relics are to work. But in Arena, you have to have this card first. So, you can have a relic deck, I think, if you have this card in your deck. You draft it super early or something. And this is Artificer Zymox. It is a S tier card. There are a few S tier cards in this set. Not as much as Sunken City with all the freaking Colossals. Uh, but there are a few. Um, and uh, most of them are legendaries, thankfully. Uh, and what we normally say about S tier cards is that for a class legendary, they're okay. Like, they're, it's okay to exist. But it still never feels good to play against it. Anyway. 8 mana, 8-8. Eight, eight. Battle Cry. Discover and cast a relic. Infuse 5. Cast all 3 instead. 
Now, the relics cast in order. And each one buffs the one afterwards. So you're not casting three rank one relics. You're casting one rank one relic, one rank two relic, and one rank three relic. And that's on top of an eight mana, eight eight body. This is really good. I mean, this is sort of exactly what you want out of a big card, right? Doing, having initiative and doing multiple things. And if you remember our discussion from yesterday, uh, I am buying stock in Infuse. Like, Infuse is just sort of going to work. And, you know, you're going to try to play more aggressively as a Demon Hunter than other classes. Your stuff will die. It'll just kind of happen. Uh, and if you get all of the relics to go off, that's really freaking good. It's just like a ton of value for 8 mana. So yeah. this is how you can go from individually those cards suck, because remember they take a card, to all together, because you are playing, you know, like this card, uh, and proccing like three bad cards. Um, it just ends up being supremely good. Mm -hmm. So thank god relics suck in arena. Or else this card is going to be better than Colossus's. Uh, okay, uh, Artificer Zymox. The other legendary is Carixis the Voracious. It is a 4 mana 7-7. Seven, seven. Battle Cry, discard your hand. Death Rattle, draw 3 cards. So, when you see that, you may think, well, what if I discard nothing, and then I draw 3 cards? Yes. The, the, the answer is yes. This card is, is very good for that. But it's just a 4 mana 7-7. Seven, seven. It's an A tier card, right? It's super good. It's not brokenly good. And it's not brokenly good because it's just a 4 mana 7-7. Seven, seven. Even if it draws you an extra card or two on delay. Like 4 mana 7-7s seven, that you don't play on curve are nothing. They are nothing. This card is playable on curve. Because if you think about it, would you play a 4 mana 7-7 seven, seven that discards a card? Yeah. You, you, you would, you definitely would. That's a good card. So, if you have four cards in your hand when it comes to turn four, and you play Zyxis, Zyxis, you play this guy, and you discard your other three cards, and then later you get your three cards back, you're not discarding anything. If you have five cards, and Crixis is one of them, you discard four cards, and then you draw three back later on. That's only net minus one card. They're both options, and they're both not bad options. Now, you do suffer some inefficiencies, uh, of course, because you're discarding your whole hand, so if this one doesn't die the next turn, which it probably won't because it's turn four and almost freaking killing it, uh, and you're not going to be able to kill it off on anything, you're kind of just bound to whatever cards you top deck, so there is a negative to it. I do not recommend doing this if you have... Like, normally, 4 mana, 7-7, seven, seven, discard 2 cards is even potentially playable. Um, but here, even discard 1 card is, is dangerous to play. Um, but if you do only have 4 cards in your hand on turn 4, so you play a 1-drop on 1, a 2-drop on 2, a 3-drop on 3, and this is your 4-drop, do it. You're, you're not actually losing any cards. You're just getting inefficiency on the next turn, which you have more than made up for by playing a 4 mana, 7-7. Seven, seven. Right. Inefficiency on the next turn... Well, you know, you had efficiency, m more efficiency by playing mm -hmm. a 4 mana 7-7, seven, seven, right? So, 
Yes, it, it is not perfect, but I do agree that I think the, the upside to this card and the benefits that you get, um, and the fact that it's controllable, right? Like you control mm -hmm. when you play it, um, that, that's worth a lot. So yeah, I, I like this. This is one I thought about and I'm like, yeah, okay, A. Because uh, I also tended to kind of think about like the, uh, the downsides immediately. I was like, no, this is just, this is just a good solid card. Like they designed it well for like normal uh, for 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 the value. I'm sure it can get an insane value in uh, in you know synergies, right? You synergize with a magnifying glaive, uh, but um, it it doesn't need to it doesn't need the synergies for it to be really good. All right, that's it for Demon Hunter. I don't think there's that much to talk about. Um, Outside of the legendaries, you're really just looking at Magnifying Glaive. Like, Bibliomite is fine. It's a B-tier card. We like Bibliomite, but that's not a game-changing card. It's a two-mana tempo card, like, in a non-tempo meta. Um, but you can see what Demon Hunters are trying to do, right? Like, all the playable cards, the very few playable cards, like Bibliomite, like Magnifying Glass, and Magnifying Glaive, like Dispose of Evidence. Those are your three actually draftable and playable Demon Hunter new cards. And they're all trying to get rid of cards in your hand very quickly. So you have the other package, the Relic package, which kind of builds up to something later on, but that's not really part of the arena. So you're just left with this package of Demon Hunter cards that kind of want your whole deck to just go. And together, because they do have an offering rate increase and two of them are common, um, you're going to be able to go. We're not going to say this about, I think, any other class, maybe one other class, but this is a meta that's all about delay, and Demon Hunters in this meta is all about go. So, I don't know how this is going to work out for Demon Hunter, and there is a lot of dilution going on here, but they do have some very powerful, flexible, for all playstyles kind of cards coming back in, um, and they do have this magnifying glaive, which is a bomb in the arena. Um... To, to anchor this kind of playstyle. And they are going to be one of the few classes, or if not the only class, that you're going to see this kind of playstyle from in the new meta. So they could end up being a good counter-meta class to play, even though all the new cards suck, is what people keep saying. And, and that's not true. It's not all the new cards suck. It's just a lot of the new cards suck. Yeah. No, I, I think... I agree with you. I think people are looking at Demon Hunter and they're like, all the cards suck, which is not true. I think some are better than you guys think they are. Like, not good, but like, serviceable. Um, and Demon Hunters could surprise people by being one of the faster uh, classes. Um, now, all of this is dependent on offering rates, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I cannot say from the onset what it's going to be. And I definitely cannot say after a few weeks um, after the adjustments what it's going to be. But I think there's a possibility there. Mm -hmm. All right. That's it for Demon Hunter. We will... You want to give shoutouts or let's just give them the next, uh, next one. This one's next one. Long. All right. Next one. Let's go. Until, what's the next one, Druid? Until Druid, this is Adwikta. This is Merp, see you guys. Welcome back. This is the Lightforge Podcast, uh, Grin and Goat, 
Murder at Castle Nathria Carp Review Stream. This is Abukta. This is Murps. Hello, what are we talking about? Oh, not mm -hmm. Hunter. That's the only thing that matters, it's not Hunter. Okay, fine, let's go through this. Alright, alright. That's not the only thing that matters. Druid is actually quite nice as well. Hunter's gonna be OP, just spoiling it. I don't think it's spoiling it. I think we've been saying it for a while, but... Uh, uh, Druid is also quite nice, and we're gonna we're gonna start with the commons, and then go to the rares, and then go to the uh, epics. But the big card to watch out for in the commons is Death Blossom Wamper. Death Blossom Wamper is a six mana seven six battle cry. Draw a Death Rattle minion and gain its Death Rattle. So if you're ever wondering what a regular like on curve statted minion like say a Boulder Fist Ogre is, if it just like draws a card, it, it's an A. And gaining its death rattle, I, I I think this is a solid A. So even if it didn't gain its death rattle, it'll probably still be um it'll still be an A. And there is a little bit of a risk here, uh, because you may run out of death rattle minions, and also you are drawing a death rattle minion, and death rattle minions are generally not as good as average card in your deck. So there's a little bit of give and a little bit of take here. But overall, if you have an on curve minion and then you make it also draw a card, it's gonna be an A. Uh, and and this card's an A. And A's may not be cool for neutrals, but they are your top level class cards. So this is this is good. This is not this is not gonna make you throw your keyboard and smash it, or you know throw your phone if you're playing on mobile. But it is going to remind you of the power level of the modern sets. Um, yeah, I don't know. Nothing really else to say about it. Yep, I think that's it. It's a pretty simple card, right? It's like what you were talking about yeah. yesterday. Some of the cards that we see are powerful but but just very simple mm -hmm. all right next one natural causes this is another common card two mana nature spell deal two damage summon a two two triant simple basic it's a two mana two two that deals two damage the two damage should go face two it doesn't have to target a minion uh it's a b um it's not quite a two drop if your opponent doesn't have anything which hurts it a lot because you want your two mana small things to be two drops but two twos that deal two damage. Remember blow blow blowfish blow dart blow dart murlocky sniper thing. That guy was a two mana two one and dealt one damage. This is like super power creeping. Blowgill sniper. Yeah, blowgill sniper. So this is a huge power creep on blowgill sniper. Blowgill sniper is a neutral. This is a uh, class card, and we are like I don't know five years after blowgill sniper. Um, so yeah, this is where we're at now. It's a B-tier card. It's not that good. I think if you're really trying to do the math on it, you might end up concluding that it's insanely good. It's not. Uh, you may be thinking like, hmm, what, what is it? The, the Phoenix thing. Uh, that's a 4 mana 3-3 three, three and deal 2 damage. That was pretty good. And this is only 2 mana for a minus 1, minus 1. This must be insanely good. Well, the Phoenix thing isn't that great these days anymore. And uh, this card uh, has a lower chance of being able to be played as a 2-drop than that Phoenix had of being able to be played as a 4-drop. So, it's, uh, it's, it's actually about the same power level. It's a little better. Okay, anything you want to add to Natural Causes? No... Definitely not for this card, you know? Super, yeah. super simple. Alright, I'll let you do the next one. I'll read it. It's Planted Evidence, another common spell, nature, one mana. Discover a spell. It costs two less this turn. And what rating did we give this one? We gave this one a C. This is one that's interesting, because you think about, like, 
you, you think about natural studies, right? The thing with natural studies is you can bank it. Like you're able to bank that, uh, mm -hmm. that reduction. Here, you have to spend it this turn, which means you probably want to use it later on if you want the discount. Otherwise, you're just discovering a spell. Some spells are good, some aren't so good. So, yeah, like, I think, okay, I see people in chat already are just like, oh, man, this is, like, amazing. There are some bad spells. Like, I, you're not always going to get Arbor up. There are some bad sets that are coming in. There are just going to be some bad spells. And if you get Arbor up, that's fantastic. You're probably not going to yeah, get Arbor look up. Look at the spell pool for Druid uh, of all these sets. Yeah. It, it's not great. So, look, you can get stuff for cheap if you use it this turn, but Natural Studies was so good because you banked yes. anything. Like, mm -hmm. you banked literally anything. Uh, not just, you know, the thing that you discover, but really literally anything, uh, which is huge. And then if you kind of look at the pool of spells that are coming in, um, I, I don't know what you guys are hoping to discover, but... I don't think the odds are great, so that's yeah. why it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's just, like, if you're using it later on so that you can actually, you know, try to guarantee to get your two mana trigger, one, you may not, because spells are conditional more often than not, or about as often as not. And, uh, two, what is saving one mana when you have, like, eight or ten mana? It's worth very little. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's almost just a one mana to discover a spell. Yeah, when you do save the mana, because it, it like if when you do save the mana, the mana doesn't exactly matter anymore, right? Which once mm -hmm. again, na uh, like nature studies, you are able to bank it for like a tur big turn three play, right? Big turn four play. Yeah, that's you, that's you, huge. you're not just banking, but you're ramping yes, essentially you're, your spell. Kind of, yeah, yeah. So there's actually a big gulf between this card and Nature Studies. Uh, yep. But if you just take the card as itself, just think of it as, look, spells are good. Random spells are a lot less good. Discovered spells are good, but you're paying a mana But you're paying it. an so extra mana So it's just kind of like yep. a fair card. It's a fair card, yep. So it's a C. All right. For the rare cards, uh, Druid is getting two total crappy cards and then one super awesome card. So let's go with the super awesome card first because they're more fun. The super awesome card Druid is getting is Plot of Sin. It is a A+, making this the very top before we start going, no, 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 Blizzard, don't make cards like this. Um, so this is the absolute most powerful card that basically I don't want an offering odds reduction for if there's no like class balance issues. Um, and it is a three mana nature spell. A lot of nature spells coming in. Uh, summon two, two, two Triants. So that's already a normal 3-mana card on curve. Infuse 5, so you're not going to get that on curve. 2 five, 5 Ancients instead. Okay, so that's 3-mana for 20 stats. Let me just say it again. 3-mana for 20 stats. Yes, you may have to hold it in your hand for a while. No, you'll pretty much never be able to play it on 3 to get that bonus. But the backup is a totally on-curve 3-drop. Like, if you need to play it as a 3-drop, you play it as a 3-drop. But if you don't need to play it as a 3-drop, it is 20 stats for 3 mana. 
it's really good. Look, once again, I don't know how many times I'm going to say this. I'm buying in on Infuse, right? Like, give me the Infuse stock. I, I think that it's just a, a good meta for it. And this just seems like there just is not really much of a downside. Like, there really <laughs> isn't a, a, a downside, right? We've seen cards that have Infuse that kind of do have a downside. Like, uh, what was the card's name? Merlocula? Mer Mer um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you don't want to pay four for that. Uh, and then, you know, if it's free, that's really nice. But you're like, uh, I don't really want to get this normally. Um, we've seen landscaping, right? Like, we've seen landscaping, and we're like, okay, you know, that's a perfectly acceptable play on three. Uh, and then, man, when this hits, it doesn't matter if it's, like, late in the game and you're like, oh, you can do a lot of crazy things. This is just crazy by itself. It's mm -hmm. so much tempo for so little mana. Just crazy good. It's like the equivalent of what, like, uh, because four. It's equivalent of a free six six on the board, like compared to what you would normally get from a three mana three drop um, it, later on in the game. Like that's that's just insane, and and the trigger is just infused. Like infuse is not a hard trigger to fulfill in general, right? It's the arena you have minions. You're going to eventually fulfill your infuse uh, obligations. Um, so, like, infused cards aren't really combo cards, they're like delay cards. So, it's delayed. And what's also delayed is the mana you pay. So, it's all... It's really it's really interesting they brought Corrupted back in the same uh, arena set. Like, yeah. I, I think uh, the the set and the, the constructions that, uh, that the new arena team has been bringing together have all been, like, interesting. And they, they're meant to be interesting, but you can see them flexing their uh, their dev muscles a little bit and creating some some interesting combinations. Yep, this is uh, I, I think bringing in the infuse mechanic with uh, Darkmoon Fair like very intentional, and it just kind of fits. Although um, the problem with having too much of one kind of thing is it really does dictate playstyle, right? And that's mm -hmm. sort of a, a fear in which it's like, man, if you have too much of this slow stuff. Um, that might not be great, but we'll see. Like they, they, they can just tune anything out of existence. They can make yeah. anything possible. Uh, but I'm excited to see sort of uh, infuse work together with the corrupt mechanic. All right, now we're gonna talk about bad stuff. So the first bad stuff is another location card. So we're not gonna explain to you what location cards do until we get an actual one that you'll ever wanna pick. This one is called Hedge Maze. It is three mana. It has two charges. It says trigger a friendly minion's death rattle. You will, it's an F plus, but you will almost never pick this unless you have a bunch of death rattle minions and they have really good death rattles. Um, so we're going to skip this location card. And we will talk about locations with the next class, which has a very good, or has an okay uh, location card that's actually usable. Uh, but as you can see from this, like location cards are very combo heavy, and they're not really always good in arena. Um, so we've skipped two already. The other rare card that will actually also never see play is because it's another F plus card. It is uh, a spell, eight mana nature spell, nightshade bud. Choose one. Discover a minion from your deck to summon, or a spell to cast. Now. This is bad. That's that's my analysis. I'm done. It's bad. It costs a lot. You're not guaranteed to get anything. You're just hoping to get an expected value. 
that's basically it. Like, your best case scenario, but no. Like, nothing more has to be said about this. It's bad. It's bad. All right. We are now moving on to the epic cards, the two epic cards, the, uh, we'll go with the better one first. The better one's the four mana one. It's a four mana, three, two minion, battle cry, draw a nature spell, gain an empty mana crystal. Draw a nature spell, gain an empty mana crystal. So it's a four mana, three, two ramp card that also draws you a nature spell. It is called Widow Bloomus Seedsman. It is a B. Which makes it a little better than the average card in your deck, but as you can see, it's not really a powerhouse, but it does a, a lot of the setup-y stuff, right? Like, you get a nature spell, nature spells are pretty good, um, you have a body that you're putting on the board, you're not totally tempoing nothing out, and uh, you're ramping to set up your next turn. Yeah, I think it's just really good, and remember the speed that we are playing at, right? you should be able to get away with this. As in, mm. it's not great tempo, but with the exception of maybe like two classes, um, and even they have to have kind of specific decks for it, uh, you should be able to get away with it, and it's just really, really solid. Yep. The other epic card that exists is a C-plus card. So a tiny bit worse than the average card in your deck. And it is Convoke the Spirits. It's a 10 mana nature spell for Druid. 10 mana. Cast 8 random Druid spells. Targets chosen randomly. So, you see 10 mana. You see that it's casting random spells. And you're thinking, oh my god, I know what's happening here. Puzzle box is happening here. This is going to be insane. This is not insane. It is 8 random druid spells it's this is not a puzzle box so here is the difference between a puzzle box or a rune versus this rune and puzzle box if they have a board and you don't there's a pretty good chance their board is getting cleared here if they have a board and you don't there's a pretty good chance their board is getting buffed <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're definitely gonna kill you there um <laughs> This, this is like, that's kind of the problem. Like, when these cards are good, or like, in order for these cards are good, you kind of have to have these big bombs, like, help you turn around the game, right? Big cards that are strictly, like, win more, or if not win more, at least like, you know, net positive by a decent margin, I, like, they're just not as good. And the the real problem with this, like, even if you have a board that is, like, even, I, I I haven't done the math exactly on this, but, like, I don't, like, do you play it before you do some advantageous trades? I don't know. Like, I, I've only loosely looked at all of the spells, but, yeah, there's a reason why this is far from the impact that a rune or a box has. It also literally has 80%. It's casting 8 druid spells instead of 10 random spells for Puzzle Box. So they took Puzzle Box, which was a, like... Puzzle Box was back in the day when everybody was really afraid of RNG. It was like, good players, don't even touch RNG. We're like, Puzzle Box is an S-tier card. Watch out for Puzzle Box. I remember that one. And people were like, what? Really? I guess. And then, you know, you saw it in play and you're like, yes, Puzzle Box. Always Puzzle Box. This is like the actual balanced version of Puzzle Box, even if it wasn't Druid and it was Mage. Um, and the fact that it's Druid makes it a little subpar. Um, it's not 
it's not even just the spell size. I think Druid has normal spell sizes, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's the buffs. It's too many buffs. Yep. Um, yeah, the real problem is sort of like if you are in a position where you have the board and you expect to benefit a lot out of it, uh, you didn't really need this, right? Um, mm -hmm. the, the strength of Puzzle Box and Rune is that it just clutches out games, right? Um, yeah, like, if you have a huge board, why would you want to throw randomness into it? Yeah. Like, period. Even if it's not, like, even if you have a high chance that it'll buff your side of the board. Like, you're doing good. Don't spend your entire turn doing totally random stuff. When do you want to do totally random stuff? When you're not doing good. Right? When you're not doing good, you want to up the RNG to one bajillion. So, box works. Rune only targets opponent stuff. So that always works. Convoke with the spirits does not really work. It's still a lot of crap, so it's a C plus. It's hardly an unplayable card. It's like significantly better than Yeti. It's almost an average card in your deck, but it's just not gonna be broken. So here's the thing, and I see it I see it in chat. They're like, it's not gonna screw you like the box would. When box, does box screw you? Box doesn't screw you. And Who's if you, out there getting screwed by boxes at any like you know decent percentage? If you're yeah, if you're thinking like oh ten percent of the time the box screws me, what you're saying is ten percent of the time of a game that was very much in the air or I was just gonna lose, box didn't turn it around for me during yeah, that time. Yeah, exactly. I think you should be okay with that, and that's why box is a premium card. Like box is super mm. duper good. This just doesn't do it. So what you're really complaining about, if you're complaining about Box, is that, oh man, Box didn't give me the game, or at least make it super competitive in the 10% of the time in which I'm choosing to play the Box, which means the game was very much up in the air if I was not losing big in the first place. That's yep. extraordinarily powerful. This isn't the same thing. Also, um, Box is uh, no longer, it's not an S-tier card. Right, like not, maybe no. back then the scale is an S tier card. Box these days is like an A tier card at best. So you're not it's like a, I think. A, it, yeah. I think in in everyone's memory, box is like super good because at the time it was released, it was like almost the best card ever that was like not a legendary. Um, but these days, it's kind of like just a really really good like premium card. It's not a special card. It's not a card you would need banned. You know, it's not nothing like that. Uh, all right. Let's go on to the legendaries. Druid has two legendaries. One is a B plus, one is a B. Let's go with the B plus one first. The B plus one is Cecily of the Fate Court. Cecily of the Fate Court is an 8 mana, 8-8 eight, eight taunt. Death Rattle. Draw a minion. Reduce its cost by 8. Fine. It's fine. Like, B plus is good. You're getting a free minion. You're not only drawing a card, but you're getting it out whenever this one dies. That's all good. 8-8 uh, taunts aren't even that bad by itself, <laughs> even in today's meta. Uh, so that, that it's helpful. It's fine. I gotta say, yeah, I'm I'm very surprised at how vanilla some of these cards are. Like, mm -hmm. it's in the year 2022, and I'm expecting <clears throat> craziness, right? Like, and you have that sometimes. Murloc Holmes, I think, is a great yeah. example of like, oh man, they are really pushing what it means to just design a card in 2022. And they have cards like this. I'm not saying this is bad design. I'm just like, oh, okay. This is, you know, just a very fair well, Why card. is it a legendary? Okay. Like, it's, it's a weird thing to be a legendary. This, this it looks like a rare. It doesn't even look like an epic card. True. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I would expect a more wacky thing, right? Like Murloc mm-hmm. Holmes, um, like uh, what was it, Prince Renathal, right? Yeah, St- stuff yeah. like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of wacky things, here is a definitely legendary, legendary card. This one's rated lower, actually. It's only a B. Topier the Shrubagazor. Uh, it's a shrub dragon that is breathing fire. I think it's fire. It could be strawberries. I can't really tell. Um, but whether it is breathing fire or strawberries, it is a 5-5 five, five dragon because it is made of a shrub. So it is not as good as the other dragons. But I mean, for 7 mana. But the battle cry says... For the rest of the game, after you cast a nature spell, summon a 3-3 whelp with rush. Now, that's insane if you have a lot of nature spells. Because it's for the rest of the game. That's useless if you don't have a lot of nature spells. You're going to have a decent amount of nature spells in this meta. Um, It's not going to be an insane number, but that's kind of what druids do. All druid spells are either nothing or they're nature spells. And uh, so their good ones are also either nothing or nature spells. And you're going to be able to get some 3-3 Whelps with Rush. And it'll make this end up like a B. Like It's a better than average card in your deck for the average deck. Now, if you get this early on, and you can you know, intentionally draft a lot more nature spells, it gets better. Uh, but if you're drafting this kind of like middle with your expected number of nature spells, it's a B. Yeah, I think some people might be surprised at this score. As in being like, oh man, it's so bad. It's not that bad. It's It's not like... It's not so like you get bad. the value back. Yeah. You're going you to cast nature spells. You're going to cast it. Um, so, look. The first one that you cast, you're not really getting value yet. It's the second one that you cast, and you're like, okay. you know, Even though it's a double-delayed 3-3, uh, three, three, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. All right. That's it for Druid. Um, it's kind of boring, as it should be. It's kind of decent value as it should be um you're gonna you're gonna have a a plot of sin and make people mad but hey even plot of sin at the end what's it doing it's just saving some mana right it's just tempoing out some stuff in the late game it's not that it's not that like pull out your hair uninstall the game kind of like card it's druid it's druid uh it's i i i think druid is gonna be very druid in this set. What does that mean? That that means it's going to be boring. That means it's going to be uh, get on the board and buff, or you're going to have a little bit of a problem. It's going to be a little technical um, uh, with the on the board trading stuff, and it's it's not going to be very good or powerful uh, of a class by by itself without it being buffed. Um, but it'll also not be as terrible as the win rates are going to indicate. That's my prediction for Druid. Okay, cool. Look, I think Druid is going to be boring. Like, you call it Druid doing Druid, Druid things, I'm going to call it like it is. I think it's going to be boring as hell, so I don't want to play it. That's my uh, that's analysis. That's why I love Druid. That is that is why Druid is uh, low-key my class. I say it's Warrior, but Warrior's gotten totally freaking crazy and and so uh, so now it's now it's druid look i'd rather obviously play hunter i'd rather play skeleton mage you know like th- th- do skeleton the bon- mage is gonna be so annoying know, oh my I god why it. would you want to play skeleton mage I'm, i love it i'm i oh it's there a are two types of people in the out. world skeleton mage people and the people who actually i uh, uh, you guys will see we'll get to skeleton mages that is skeleton mage is a mechanic it's just triggering to me 
But uh, that's it for Druid. Uh, not much more to say about it. Next up, we are going to talk about our first actual location that you will draft. Uh, and uh, and we're going to talk about Hunter, the best class in Nathria. Uh, why don't you uh, get a little... Let's give it a shout-out. All right. Shout-out to everybody in Twitch chat right now for helping us figure out exactly what we did wrong, okay? Because you guys are the definitive authority on arena knowledge so i appreciate you guys being here uh thank you to the mods for being here and helping uh organize the giveaway which we will do soon uh so thank you all for that and to all those on youtube watching we appreciate you and to those like few people who comment we especially appreciate you uh that's it for this video see you guys at hunter bye Welcome back. This is uh, the Grinning Goat uh, Castle uh, Murder at Castle Nathria Card Review. Um, this is Abukta. This is Murps. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. I, I cut it short. I was like, this is, this is dying. This is dying. I'm ending it. Let's talk about Hunter. We're not going to... Okay, look. I, you guys know this is my class. I've loved it since... For a long time, but the true aggro hunter has not really made a comeback because the buckets left and I couldn't just pick from like similar quote, you know, similar cards. Um, let's not sort of like hide the ball here. What we are going to see in this expansion for hunter is the strongest total package of class cards to ever come out for any class. Now, if you're thinking, wait, we've had sets that have given classes like paladins some really good cards yes like two s or almost s tier cards if you just look at shaman recently for example wildpaw cavern plus no fall guardian two really really good cards along with some other pretty good cards none of those compare to the entire package of cards that hunter is getting for this expansion it is the strongest set ever given to any class, and it is a doozy here. Yup. There's a lot of cards. They're good. They do different things. We're, we're going to just start out with some A-tier cards, just some casual A-tier cards. That's usually casual the best cards in the past. Casual and that's, yeah. that's before. Okay, I'll just tell you right now. The main mechanic for Hunter does not exist in a common card. I don't know why. This is a weird thing for Blizzard to do, but that's how it is. So, uh, we're going to start with just casually good A-tier cards for Hunter. Um, now, Hunter gets a lot of powerful cards, but they're usually not tempo-oriented. And here, <laughs> okay, you're going to see. Let's start with uh, the first A-tier card, Stonebound Gargan. Stonebound Gargan is a 4-mana 3-5 beast with Rush. That's a good card. If you infuse a 3, though, which is very easy to do, it may even be done by turn 4... Uh, it also damages the minions next to whomever this attacks. With, with Rush, remember. This, this card has Rush. It's really freaking good. It's also a beast. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you know, not? it has some beast synergies. You know, you can, like, draw it uh, in some ways, I think. Um, I think this is a solid A card. The Infuse is great. I think the only thing holding it back is, like, this, you know, it's not as good as it could be for stats and mm -hmm. if they position properly 
they can stop this somehow, you know, like it is cool only three damage. But A's are like really, really good cards, and I think this just like fits because Infuse three is so easy to get. Yep. Yep. Remember, if you're facing Hunter now, put your big stuff in the middle. Big stuff in the middle. Don't put your one one in the middle. That's that's how you're gonna get a stonebound gargan. I mean you're gonna get a stonebound gargan anyway. You're just not gonna lose as frequently to one four mana card. That is a common. Uh, okay. There's not much to say, but this is not a lot of strategy or anything. Just like and and by the way, this is one of those cards where yeah, the infuse is great. It's like, oh AoE, I'm gonna hold it. Bad players are gonna wait for the infuse. Good players are not gonna care about the infuse. It's very easy to trigger, but it also doesn't do enough that if you have a good target for Stonebound Gargan, you use it. If you have nothing else to do on four, you obviously use it. But, it's like, yes, the Infuse is very easy to trigger, but if you happen to not have triggered it and you have a good target, just go for it. It's a four mana, three, five rush. It's good by itself. Yep. All right, next one. Next one is another A-tier card. Just another casual A-tier common card. You know, why not? Uh, it is Frenzied Fangs. This one's uh, two mana. Summon two, two one bats. That's not that great, but, you know, also not bad. That's pretty, pretty on curve. Um, and uh, Infuse three. Give them plus one, plus two. So summon two, two, four, four bats. Uh, what? what? You mean three, three? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, three three bats. Summon two four four bats. Summon two three three bats, uh, which is uh, uh, what you would expect from like a, a five drop, uh, but but it's a two mana and it's only infused three. So you're not going to trigger it on turn two, but you're going to trigger it pretty quickly thereafter, uh, and, and then you're going to get a, a big tempo boost at like turn five or something by doing this with a three drop or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I think two mana for double two ones, that is expected, right? That's sort of what mm -hmm. you should get. Um, so this is fine. It's just something with upside. And once again, this is more fuel for your infuse, yes. right? It's something that has more bodies because for two mana, you're kind of just expecting one body. Um, so this is just really, really nice. And then, you know, it plays off of your other infuse as well. It's just a card that is super solid. You're going to draft it anyways and makes other things stronger. Very nice. But by the way, what it summons are, are not just beasts, but they are the specific card called a Thirsty Bat. Not just a bat, but a Thirsty Bat. You may think a Thirsty Bat has like lifesteal or something, but no, it doesn't. It's just it's a neutral card, but it's a Thirsty Bat. You can get two Thirsty Bats. Great. Did not affect the score. Okay. Uh, the last common uh, card from Hunter is only a B. Only a B, which is still better than the average card in your deck. It is a batty guest. It is a 1-mana one 1-1. One, one. Death Rattle, summon a 2-1 bat. That's right. We have now finally... I mean, we didn't finally. The, the mech that we got last time also power creeped. Uh, and this is a class card, but but Arjun Squire, Mermi, that whole line of uh, minions are now power creeped officially by tempo stats. One mana, one one. Summon a two one bat. Death rattle. Really freaking good. Like uh, I I love these. Like you know that good one drops just speak to me. <laughs> uh, so I I love this thing. You know I love Owie Cats. You, you know I love all of those kind of really nice. Uh, hunter one drops so look 
this card, especially, you know, during during the aggro hunter metas, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. I would absolutely love this. It's still nice because I think yeah. hunters uh, always, like, no matter what, have the ability to put some pressure on your opponents. You, you don't always have to, like, try to go aggro, right? But you can take away some of the cards by just putting pressure on them, right? Invalidating some of the cards in their hands. That kind of never changes with hunter. So love this kind of stuff yeah like if you're thinking about it in terms of the meta and like oh it's a slow meta everything's delayed remember what we said it's not just that everyone's going to go to the end of their deck few games are going to go to the end of the deck at some point someone's going to get a swing on tempo on the board and the other player is not going to have a defense to that because they've used up all their counter swings or defenses or whatever and then player one is going to win because they will hit face and if you're a hunter that is especially true. And these like early damage, the early tempo, all of this really adds up. Because you have that extra wiggle room. With another class, you may have trouble finishing them off. Like if you're only dealing like 15 damage to their face and they have 25 health, like, I don't know, you could go face, but then if you get wiped off the board, you're not doing much after that. But with Hunter, you can still hero power them down afterwards. Um, so you get, you get a lot more wiggle room. So that extra early damage matters a lot for Hunter still. Um, okay, batting guess. Those are your common cards. Now, let's talk about your rare cards. Um, let's do the mechanic last. We're going to start actually with the worst card in Hunter. The worst card in the new set in Hunter. It is Castle Kennels. This is the first location card. Um, so let's talk about what location cards actually mean. This is the first location card that you are actually potentially going to draft. It is still the worst card to come in this set for Hunter, but it's it's not a bad card at all. It's a C plus. It's pretty much the average card in your deck. It's a little worse than the average card in your deck, but it's totally more than draftable. And locations work like weapons, except after you use it, they go on cooldown for one turn, uh, one extra turn compared to weapons. So you can't just use it again the next turn. And rather than taking a weapon slot, they take a slot on the board like a minion would. That's a location. So this one is a 2-mana, 3-durability location that says, Give a friendly minion plus 2 attack. If it's a beast, give it a rush. Uh, you're going to have a lot of beasts. Remember, a lot of thirsty bats and stuff. And uh, giving a friendly minion plus 2 attack means you're going to give a total of plus 6 attack for 2-mana. And you're going to give probably 2 rushes. Um, you can also just kind of... I mean, it's not a 2-drop... But you can just like put this on the board and not use it on the first turn if you don't have anything to buff with. And it's still something you've done with your mana, right? It's like equipping a weapon and not attacking with it. They're all options. Very flexible card. Uh, would not be great in another class. But in Hunter, the beasts, the beasts are a thing. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really annoying when all the beasts are rushing. Yep. I think that's uh, all the evaluation it needs. Yep. All right. Um... Now we're looking at the other rare cards. Uh, this one is a... Uh, what is this one? Okay. Uh, this one's another A-tier card? Yeah. Another A-tier card for Hunter. This one's a rare spell. 8 mana. Collateral damage. Deals 6 damage to 3 random enemy minions. Excess damage hits the enemy hero. Excess damage hits the enemy hero is always amazing in Hunter. So, it's a very exciting card. Uh, it's also not that random, because 6 damage probably kills whatever the hell you're hitting. So, if there's 3 targets, they're all dead. 
Um, it's random if they have like more than three targets, right? So it's like sometimes random, but most of the time it won't really be random. You know what I kind of like about this card in a very reminiscent way? If you guys remember the days of MCT, like way back when, we're talking about so many years ago, right? And there were times in which you, you always thought, no matter what class you were, is it worth it for me to like add an extra 2-1 or 1-1 onto the board, right? To, mm-hmm. to basically play into MCT. You kind of get have to get back into that mode when you're facing Hunter again. Like when you're doing this, you should be tracking their hand, by the way, because this is one of those in which if you're playing something extra to get a little bit of tempo, but they've been hol- the Hunter has been holding something, uh, and you take an extra five damage due to this, like you have probably lost. Like yes. you, you definitely lose five extra damage to the face is a little bit too much. That consideration is definitely back on the table. Like you cannot afford to take that extra damage. You have to do the calculation in your in your head. Like man, they've been saving this card. I think there's a decent chance it's collateral damage. Maybe I don't play. You know, if you're a paladin, for example, maybe I don't hear a power. It it's a consideration now because this card is just going to blast you in the face. It is going mm. to end games because even if it just like damages one thing, but you have two smaller things and this thing hit, like damages a bigger thing and then hits face for like, I don't know, eight damage. I think that's like fair, right? Uh, it could just end the game like that, like whether it ends the game on that turn or the next turn. So holy heck this is like such a good card um Mm -hmm. and games are going to go a little bit longer so i won't spoil it but hunters just have so many good cards and for this to put additional pressure on the opponent after you have put all the initial pressure with all of your other good cards this is why hunters are going to be so strong if it's just good tempo plays from from the early game you know, it's it's just good tempo plays. And then once they survive it, clear it, blah, blah, blah. You know, some stuff that, mm-hmm. for example, you're used to Warlocks doing in the recent metas, right? You know, they clear you, they, they put out a bunch of stuff. And then they're like, okay, I finally stabilized. You know, I've survived their, their, their wild seeds and everything. And then, like, this hits you in the, uh, in the late game. It's over. Like, it's backbreakingly good. So... Yeah, like it's good in any meta, but it's so good in this meta. Up to 15 damage to your opponent's face as Hunter. How did they print this card? Um, I don't even know how you play around this card. Uh, I don't. Like, it's it's an 8 mana Flame Strike um, that only hits 3 minions rather than the whole entire board, but that face damage is where it's at. This is not about the removal, this is about the face damage. Yep. It is it is a backbreaking face damage card. A lot of the times it does clear a decent amount, if not like all of their board, which is great by itself, right? Which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh and then other times it will just kill them on the spot, which is also great. Uh, it, you don't need to clear them or worry about minions if you just kill them on the spot. That's yes. pro tip right there. <laughs> so so it, it's so good. Yeah. And like Merp said, against hunters now, if you're winning you really got to think about whether you're putting out extra minions. Because this is not like... I see in chat there's some confusion about it. It's not like it's going to deadly strike three times. 
it's that it's like going to flame strike once. So if you don't put out the extra minions, it's not going to repeatedly hit the same minion. So if you have like a 12 health minion or like a 15 health minion and your you know uh, and your opponent plays collateral damage, that minion is only taking six damage. It's not it's not dying. Um, like and and the more face damage is going to you. So if you have three minions, you take more face damage unless they're all six health or over. If uh, if you're oh, if you only have one minion, this card is not good at all, right? Like you you need at least two minions for this card to be playable on the board. But going to that third minion, that potentially loses you the game. Okay, um, so that is collateral damage, and now we're getting to the good stuff. Mm. If you thought all those cards were good. <laughs> Those are those are the, the appetizers. Those are just like ah, oh, you know, here's some good A tier uh, cards for for Hunter. We are now finally getting to the first non legendary S tier card, and one of only two non legendary S tier cards in this set. Now I say one of only two, but there's usually like no S tier cards that are not legendaries in sets. S tier cards just don't exist and shouldn't exist. If you look at uh, Sunken City. There were no S-tier cards at all outside of the Colossals. Um, if you look at what's the one before that, Alteric, there was Bloodseeker, and there was Protect the Innocent, and there was Templar Captain, and there was Wallpaw Cavern. And those are all terrible cards that should never have entered the arena. Um, this set has two of them. Uh, sorry. I forgot. This set has three of them. Hunter has another one. Uh, I just, just in my head, I assumed it was a legendary because it was in, in Epic and, and it's even more ridiculous. But yeah, so this set has three of them and two of them are in Hunter. This is the worst of the two S tier cards. This one's just S tier. It is not S plus. Uh, but remember, Walpaw Cavern is just S tier. Should not be in the game. It is Spirit Poacher. And this will introduce you to the mechanic. That is totally broken in Arena, and I predict all these cards are going to not just be reduced, but actually just be totally removed from the Arena, because they are too good. And this mechanic is called Dormant Wild Seed. So, this card is very simple. It's a 2 mana 2-2, two, two. battle cry, summon a random Dormant Wild Seed. Super, wanna, super simple. Do, yeah, you, you need to show and read out all these okay, Wild okay, Seeds. Okay, okay, so, so what are Wild Seeds? Right? What are Wild Seeds? Wild Seeds are a set of three cards like Relics, only unlike Relics, they don't suck, they're insanely good. Uh, and, and they're not cards that you can actually put into your deck or anything. So your options for the random Dormant Wild Seed are, first off, a Fox Spirit Wild Seed. A Fox Spirit Wild Seed is a 1 mana 3-1 Dormant for one turn, Rush. So it's like a Pelican, but worse. Your second Wild Seed is a Bear Spare Wild Seed. It is a 2-mana two 2-5 two Taunt, but it is Dormant for 2 turns. So, if you remember, normally Dormant for 2 turns means you go up a mana, and that makes it a fair value. It's still a better value than the, uh, than the you know, the like a 3-mana 2-5 two Taunt. This is a better value than a 3-mana 2-5 uh, Taunt, but it's similar. So, again, a good card, but nothing super special to write home about. Like, if... Fox Spirit Wild Seed and uh, Bear Spirit Wild Seed existed as cards. They would be like B tier uh, cards. Stack Spirit Wild Seed is your third card. And this one is a 3 mana 5 4 beast. Dormant for 3 turns. 
But when this awakens, equip a 4-2 Great Bow. The Great Bow, by the way, is not called a Great Bow. The Great Bow is called a Stack Point Wild Bow. So, I don't know what the naming convention is doing, but uh, it's just a 4-2 weapon. So, you get a 5-4, which would normally cost you 4 mana, and then a 4-2 weapon, which would normally cost you 4 mana. So, for 2 cards, what would normally cost you 2 cards and 8 mana, you're getting for for 3 mana. You just have to wait 3 turns. You just have to wait. Right. So... This is la this is basically what like a super ganarg? It's like a super ganarg, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is a super ganarg. It's a super ganarg. But, you know, we know ganarg wasn't really that good, so that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. You got to power creep it. Yeah, exactly. Ganarg wasn't good enough, so you got to make a better ganarg. Um This is just ridiculous. It's just super duper good. Uh, Spirit Poacher, like, the only thing you can say is, like, well, you don't really want to play a 2-mana 2-2, and that's fine, but... No, but it's never a 2-mana 2-2. I know. It's a 2-mana 2-2 that the next turn you have a 3-1 rush. Yeah. Which is like a 2-mana 2-2 with a 3-1 stealth. That Which is way better than a 2-drop should ever be. Yes. So, look. S-tier cards are kind of, you know, we're getting into, like, colossal good. Right, territory. Uh, Colossals are S plus plus. Some of them, some of them. Um, Most of them are S plus plus. Yeah. So look, this is this is like no card that is like a non legendary that like should just come out on turn two and be that good. It 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 just shouldn't be. Um, I totally agree with you that I think this card and some of the other cards that we're going to talk about kind of have to be banned or or if not banned just like tuned to oblivion no right? banned banned you, you can't it's a two it's a two drop you can't, you can't tune this to oblivion you, you you ban it this is not even like legendary levels of no one is excited to see this card played against them or to play this card and if yeah. they are they should not be encouraged to do that like even your timmies should have better Timmy stuff, right? Like, the bigger cards, the more interesting cards. The thing about it is that it's also not interesting. Like, you're just summoning another minion. You're just putting more normal crap onto the board than you should be allowed to, by, like, a lot. Like, this is... It's just... it's. I, I don't know what the constructed design is. I think in Hunter, as long as things can't go face immediately, they are not good in Hunter. That has to be what it is. Because they are doing insane things with Hunter in this meta. All right. Insane, insane things. Should we move on to the next one? Because the next okay. one is basically like a, like a lot of them are just continuations of the same conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah fine. So the Wild Seed cards are are coming up. Uh, next we have Stag Charge. Let's go with a, a sane card. Stag Charge is an epic spell. This is also a Wild Seed card. It is an epic spell Wild Seed card, and it's only an A, which makes it the worst Wild Seed card. What trash. It's terrible, terrible card. Just an A. Just an A. Just like the best cards that the other classes get. That's all this is. Uh, it is a 3-mana spell that says deal 3 damage. Can go face. Summon a random dormant wild seed. Like, 2-2 two, two would normally be 1 mana. Deal 3 damage would normally be 
1.5 mana, but you have to be charging 3 mana for this, and it's also summoning a random Dormant Wild Seed, and it's coming out a turn later, so the Wild Seeds are less, like, dominating the curve. Yeah. That, that's really the problem. Mm. It's like you are getting... It's it's the turn later, right? Um, so it's it's okay. Like it, I, I mean, not okay. It's it's an A. Like, A's are extraordinarily <laughs> good. But y- yes, like if you are comparing it to what we were comparing it to before, um, then yeah, it's, it's... I think people can easily see how it's a little bit worse, right? Yeah. Like this should be... If you're going to have Wild Seeds, this should be the payment you have for Wild Seeds. Not a 2 mana 2-2. Two, two. But a three mana deal three damage, like we went over this conversation when we were doing uh, card reviews for for the last two sets. Like two mana deal two damage, three mana deal three damage, four mana deal four damage. Those are so under tempo now for for modern uh, for modern sets. Like you are paying a pretty hefty price with that, and so you're getting a dormant wild seed, and it's like okay, this is just a super premium card, fine. But two mana two twos, that's still that's just two on curve. Okay. That's stack charge. Uh, now, um, we're, we're moving on to the other epic card. I don't even want to... It's it's a little obscene. This... This card is the first card that is above, above, more than a S+, plus that is not a legendary. The only cards that have ever been printed in the history of Hearthstone that was higher than an S+, were Colossal, were Class Colossals, and only a few of them. Um, This one is an S++. And, uh, yeah. Um, We're going to read this card out. I I want you to be seated. I want you to, if you're driving and listening to this on a podcast, probably just like pause it and, you know, pull over to the side and uh, and then continue listening because I don't want to be responsible for, for any kind of accidents, uh, especially if you haven't gotten back into the arena right now. Like if this is the time you're coming back into the arena, uh, you may not want to listen to this card because this is a real card. We're not making this up. And it is not preemptively banned in the arena. This will be in the arena. It is an epic. You're not going to see it that often. But everyone's going to be playing Hunter, so maybe you will see it that often. It is a three-mana nature spell. Summon two different dormant wild seeds. Like, how crazy is that? Two of those freaking ridiculous wild seeds for just three mana. And then your wild seeds awaken one turn sooner. It's insane. Yeah. Instead of a 3-1, it's already ridiculous if it didn't have the additional ability. But instead now, instead of a 3-1 that, like, you know, is stealth, you get a 3-1 with rush immediately. Instead of uh, waiting three turns to get your 4-2 weapon and a 5-4, you, 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 you get them in two turns. Which is, like, what you normally should be... Like, we talked about it, right? It's normally one mana up when you go dormant for two turns. That's how they started the dormant mechanic. So... The one single wild seed would have been the equivalent of a four mana five four that gives you a true silver. Like what? That's just one of them, and you get two wild seeds, and it's also two different wild seeds. So it's actually going to be very rare. It's only going to be one third of the time that you don't get that four drop as one of your uh, options. Not options. As one of the random things you summon. Ah, I, I just I don't understand this card. Why do they make them awaken faster? 
Just getting Why two. Why did they not make enough? this six mana? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. At six mana, this would be a great card. Yeah, I mean, for Arena, it would. Like, yes, for Arena, it would it would be fine. But, like, you know, they gotta think about Constructed, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just... It's an S++, meaning it broke the scale of S+. And this is the card, actually. This card is the reason... Like, back when we were doing Colossuses, I just called them all S-pluses, even if they went above S-plus. I'm like, we're not going into, like, XS tier or whatever. But with this card, we're like, this is no longer legendary. This is just a regular card, and you, people gotta know. People gotta know this is not the same level of busted that was busted before. This is power creep. The other cards we're talking about, those were not power creep. Those were just what the new thing is. And we don't like it, and we don't like caverns, and they're gonna get their offering odds reduced, and we're just gonna have to live with it. But this is, this is the next level here. Wild Spirits is the card's name. It is an epic hunter card. You win the game two-thirds of the time if you play it, and the other one-third of the time, you are very, 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 very far ahead. Yep. Uh, it's just ridiculously good. Like, if you... Because I think it's easy to compare this with um, the other cards that we have seen, right? Uh, like, the two-mana card and the three-mana card, and you're just like, wait, this is just strictly better. Like, when you're comparing it, it's like, oh, two-mana for a 2-2 two -two that doesn't speed things up? Okay. Three mana for uh, just three damage. Okay, well you're you're replacing both of those things with an extra wild seed, and then you're making it go faster. Um, the making it go faster part is straight up silly. Yes. Straight up silly, but really, this was this, honestly, if this was a six mana card, I think it would be A tier. <laughs> That's how stupid this card is. You know what? I think it would be S tier. If this was a six mana card, <laughs> I don't even think it would be A tier. Um, it, may, it may not be S tier, uh, but but it'll definitely be A tier or above if it were a six mana card. This is just totally silly. All right, I mean, hopefully it'll get removed from the arena or nerfed to oblivion. I really think all the wild seeds should just be removed, um, but otherwise it, it'll get nerfed to oblivion uh, in terms of offering rates. I don't know if this is viable and constructed and if it'll get actually nerfed, but um, the offering rate thing in Arena is definitely happening with this one. I mean, it, it's definitely happening with all the Wild Seed cards, right? Like, maybe not Stag Charge, but probably also, yes, Stag Charge, just because they're going to be nerfing everything anyway. Alright. You want to go on to the Legendaries? Yeah, let's do it. I got nothing let's more to go say. It's, it's insane. These cards are insanely good. Yep, let's go on to the legendaries. Uh, the, the, the legendary is one that's Wild Seed and one that's not Wild Seed. We'll do the Wild Seed one first because we're on a roll with all the Wild Seed cards. Uh, the Wild Seed one is Aralon. Aralon is a 5 mana 4 5 battle cry. Summon one of each dormant Wild Seed. You know how you summon three? For, I'm sorry, you know how you summon two for three mana? Well, for two more mana, you get one more Wild Seed. You get the guarantee of the good wild seed, the like really busted wild seed, and you get a 4-5 body. So you took a card that was busting the scales, and for two more mana, you, you added a wild seed, which pretty much keeps in, in line with, with the power level of that old card, and then you just throw in a free 4-5. 
So this card is not a S plus plus tier card. This card is a S plus 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 tier card. Plus 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 uh, now. There's three pluses now. I just I, I I mean it's not like this is a new power level and the Blizzard made a bunch of power level cards like this the way it was Colossus. This is just this one card. It's not like later on we're not going to give you more S plus plus T plus tier cards. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil it for you right now. There are no other S plus tier cards even. There's a, a couple more S tier cards, but 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 no S plus tier cards even. And this one has three pluses. Um, I, I, I'm going to go back and do the Colossus cards uh, again at some point when I am not as uh, jet-lagged and when I get bored. Uh, just to see how many pluses actually go on each of those Colossus uh, at launch. Um, but I, I think there might be one that was plus, 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 maybe. So I don't, I, I can't confidently say this is breaking new ground. But if it's not breaking new ground, it's at the same level as the highest ground that has existed. And it's freaking 5 mana. So the Colossus ones were all 7 mana and above, I think. At least the good ones. Alright. Well, look, it, it's just getting to ridiculous levels, right? It's like, oh, is this a plus plus or a plus plus plus? I never thought we'd get here. I, I honestly no. thought we'd never... No, like, like, what is this card? What is this card? I'll, I'll read you what the card actually says instead of what it's trying to hide. It's a 5-mana 4-5 with a 3-1 stealth, a 2-5 card that is frozen for a turn, a 2-5 taunt that is frozen in stealth for a turn, and also a 4-2 weapon and a 5-4 minion that is frozen for two turns. That's what this card is. Pretty like good. frozen in stealth. I, 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 why? What? Like, like this is like a, a 10 mana. You know how the other one was 3 mana and it should be like 6 mana? This one's 5 mana and it should be 10 mana. Yeah. Basically. And it would still be like a, a A or an S tier card. Probably a, closer to an A than an S tier. Yeah, it would be a A. I, I don't think it would be S. It yeah, doesn't it do be enough card. immediately. Yeah. It doesn't I do mean, 10 mana is a lot different than 6 mana. You need to scale up significantly higher. Significantly But my point higher, is, this yeah. is like, well, why? Why 5 mana? Why a 4-5? Why is Aralon? Look at Aralon, by the way. That's not a four-five. That's that's a that's a one-one man. That is, okay. that is not a four-five man. <sighs> All right. I there's not much to say about this. Um, people are gonna draft hunters, not because of Aralon. Aralon's a legendary. Maybe not even because of Wild Spirits. It's an epic. You're not going to see it. Like, if you are trying to draft Hunter and trying to get Wild Spirits and Aralons, you are going to be disappointed a lot because you're going to get them rarely. But you will still be very happy with all of your collateral damages, your Spirit Poachers, your Frenzy Fangs, your Stonebound Gargans. Those are all ARS tier cards. And all in the new set. So they all have offering on bonuses. Like, Hunter's going to dominate. That's that's just gonna be that. Pretty much. Once again, strongest c total package of cars that any class has ever gotten. I think pretty easily. Like mm -hmm. at from the very beginning, we highlighted some cards that I think anybody would be happy to to have. Right, like any class would be very happy to have. And then you introduce these utterly insane, broken cards. And, and 
that's it's too much. I I don't know why Blizzard printed this package. Uh, when I saw like these wild seeds immediately, I I just couldn't understand. I was like, this can't actually be something that's printed, right? It's too much value. <laughs> it's not even like conditional. They're just no, good. it's guaranteed. There's no RNG. There's or, no R there's uh, one there's some RNG in some of the cards, but really there's there's not that much RNG. Yeah, sorry. It's like if somebody said. Hey, if you pay fifty cents, you have a one third chance of winning, like a hundred dollars. A one third chance of winning like two hundred dollars, and a one third chance of winning like three hundred dollars. Like, are you gonna take it? You might only win a hundred by by <laughs> paying fifty cents. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You you don't really care in the end. Whatever you get, you're gonna be real happy about it. All right. That's it for Hunter. We gotta move on. We gotta move on. We gotta on. move on. But this was this was so like yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it has to be nerfed. It has to be banned in some way. And especially with the sets that are coming back, you are creating a very polarizing potential meta mm -hmm. in which if hunters have these, they are going to absolutely feast on anyone that they face. You know? Yep. Like we just went through a little bit of it with bloodseeker right like people saw yes. the effect that bloodseeker on two had and how it could single-handedly win them the game and run away with the game this is kind of the same thing except there are more of them it's like there are more of them. multiple manned <clears throat> uh bloodseekers it's crazy good and remember, there's still collateral damage. There's still frenzy fainted. So this is just—it's it's just silly. And and also, Chad has reminded us that we did not do the last legendary. Okay, we'll do the last legendary. It's only an A plus. It's like chump change for Hunter now. Um, it's Huntsman Altimore. It's a seven mana five four battle cry. Summon a Gargan Companion. What is a Gargan Companion? A Gargan Companion is wow. They do not tell you what a Gargan Companion is on their main website. Well, um, no, no, they should show it, right? On the bottom, they have like... They do not. No, no, they don't show Gargan Companion. It's not called Gargan Companion. It's called like other things. They're basically animal companions. They do not it's show a... it. Wait, really? I thought they showed yep. it. I thought I looked at it. They're animal companions. Yes, they are animal companions. Yes. But no, they do not show it. Um, so uh, uh, they are animal companions, which are normally three mana and... Uh, like three mana to get a random one. They're generally old school. What would be the equivalent of uh, four mana cards? But new school, they're probably like three point five mana cards. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so battle cry, summon a garden companion. You also get a five four for seven mana. Pretty good. Um, infuse four, summon another. Infuse eight and another. So infuse eight is actually pretty hard to trigger. Like, even if you have this card in your opening hand, it's going to take a while before eight of your minions die. Uh, infuse four is the more reasonable one. Um, but either way, it's a good card. Even if it had no infuse, it would be a pretty good card. But with a relatively simple infuse and then a hard a hard infuse that makes it even stronger. It's just, it's just a good card. It's an A+. Plus. Yep. Cool. All right, that's Hunter. We spent a lot of time on here, but I think it was necessary. Like, strongest total package given to any class in any expansion. And then, you know, of course, it's always going to be the latest expansions we're talking about because whatever. Like, like Witchwood is not going to compete. You know, all those sets are not going to compete. 
but it means something because we've seen a lot of strong sets from uh, quite a few classes, and this easily tops all of them. Yep. All right. I'm going to give a shout out to our top Patreons uh, RV Nitrain, Yin, Eric L, Dan F, Karova, REG, 4PM Brand New. Thank you guys so much for supporting the GOAT. And also a shout out to our video editor. Uh, David Attenborough says, uh, who, uh, who is undergoing a medical procedure right now and, uh, is still, uh, doing the uploads. Um, if you're watching this live and you miss some or you want to catch it, you can just always watch it on Twitch, but they will be uploaded onto, uh, the, like, in podcast form, um, more or less right after the, the show, um, by, by Murps. And uh, they will be on the video form being released hopefully the next morning, if not the next morning, sometime the next day. Uh, we're going to try to get it out before the set actually launches, but we suffered the delays because of the blackout, and so we're a day behind, and we always cut it close anyway. Um, so yeah, huge shout out to David Ambrose Says for staying on top of it. All right. We will do Mage next and Merps' stupid, stupid skeletons. Until then... Uh, this is Abrikta. This is Merp. See you guys. Welcome back. This is the Grinning Goat Card Review Stream VOD uh, podcast for Murder at Castle Nathria. This is Abrikta. This is Merps. Hello. We're going to go super fast. All right. Super fast. Let's do it. Super, super fast. All right. First card is, is not this one. I clicked the wrong card. So we're not going super fast. We're going a little slow. We're starting the super fast one a little slow. Okay, okay. So we're a mage. Mage is mage. Mage is not hunter. But mage is also pretty good. Mage is like uh, like uh, like RNG druid in uh, in this expansion. That's the best way I can describe it. Mage is mage. It's not hunter. Wow. Mm. <laughs> these are some deep thoughts is, here. These are the analysis we're providing when it's quick. All right, quick analysis. All right, common cards first. First common card, A-tier. So starting off good, it is Frozen Touch. Two mana Frost Spell. A little rarity of Frost Spells. Good to have some Frost Spells in here. Deal three damage, including face. Uh, and Infuse three. Add a Frozen Touch to your hand. Frozen Touch is what this card is called. So you just add another one to your hand. So it's a Frost Bolt that doesn't freeze, but if you infuse three, you just get another Frost Bolt back. That's good. Frost Bolts are good. Or, I don't know, Dark Dark Bolts. Dark Dark Bombs? Dark Bombs are good. Yeah, they're useful. I like this card. I think with the speed that the game will be going, right, uh, mm. you can get quite a few of these, and you can keep chaining them, and damage is always useful. I think damage continues to be very, very useful. Uh, I think people will be able to see the value of this. If not, I think they're going to see it very soon. Cause it, yeah, it'll be very easy to see. Yeah, it, it might seem like a little bit underwhelming, but I'm like, man, with, with the way that I think the meta is going to play out, and even if it's not totally the way I think it's going to play out, this yeah, it's just... Not, it's not meta-dependent. It's just a good card. It's just you're, a good you're card, getting a good yeah. card, you're adding another good card to your hand. It's six damage to the face. Uh, like if you're if you're working out, right? Like you infuse it at some point, you have it in your hand, you don't get a chance to use it. You then use it on your opponent's face for three damage. You immediately get the card back. You immediately use it again on your opponent's face. That's a fireball to the face. Yeah, I'm waiting for the person who never uses these and then just uses these to chunk face. 
I love it. Like, you, you play a big taunt. They're like, oh, we don't have removal for the taunt. Okay, let's throw six minions into this taunt. And then go face with the Frozen Touch. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I, 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 mm. I love this. All right, next. Next, next, next. This is the A tier card. We're going down to B tier. The other two uh, common uh, cards are all B tier. So the first one is Chatty Bartender. Four mana, four, four. At the end of your turn, if you control a secret, deal two damage to all enemies. Secrets are bad. You will not have many secrets. But deal two damage to all enemies is such a good effect that this card is actually still B tier. Like, I try to hate on it as much as possible, but if you're gonna end up with secrets at all in your deck, this is just so freaking powerful. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, this is just one of those that like, you gotta believe in the combos and and sort of like the with the way that the speed of the game is going um even though secrets aren't fantastic you can kind of make this work right last meta really mm -hmm. just showed me for mages and i think for any class it's like you're kind of able to wait right and with the sets that are in i'm like yeah i'll be able to wait and uh you know with these parrot like cards right stuff that mm -hmm. does require very specific combos and i really it's like i don't just want any battle cry right i want like a a good battle cry i don't just want any spell to copy yes. i want like the good spell to copy um this is kind of uh the similar thing you you should have the time in order to do it yeah and uh in case you're wondering yes arcane flak mage is going to be in this next meta um the whole secret package for is from oldham it's a pretty strong secret package that comes in in Oldham, and that's why they added that set, or one of the reasons why they added, chose that set to add in. Because this set is a little secrets-based, too, with some of the neutral cards and, uh, and uh, the, the mage stuff. Um, so you will have support for your secrets beyond just a chatty bartender. And there's other mage cards that are secret. You'll, you'll, you'll see them. Okay. Enough for the chatty bartender. Just know it's a good card. B-tier is a little bit above average uh, in, your, in your deck. Um... Now, this is going to swing wildly depending on how many secrets you actually have. Uh, but it's one of those where it's like, is it worth it to go secrets just for this card? No, but with the package of other cards and or if you already have secrets, then yes. Or if you have just other bad options. Because this card can be super powerful. Like, it can be like an S-tier card. It just needs secrets in your deck. Um, okay. Finally, we have Code Case, and we are introducing volat reintroducing volatile skeletons into the discussion. <sighs> Code Case is a format of frost spell. Common, it reads: summon two 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 volatile skeletons, gain four armor. So when I first saw this card, I thought it was summoning two two twos and giving you four armor, and I was like, "What kind of crap is this for a modern class card?" And eventually, I realized they were Volatile Skeletons, and I had seen this somewhere, because Volatile Skeletons is a neutral card that is in this set that you can just draft and put into your deck. They are actual things. They are not generic vanilla 2-2s. They are 2-2s with a death rattle that say, deal 2 damage to a random enemy, which includes your opponent's face. So, they're not that good. I mean, they're, they're bad uh, as far as uh, a neutral card, like as far as a dependent card goes. But if you're summoning two of them for four mana and then also getting a little bonus armor, they become pretty good. So, it's a B tier card. Yep. Uh, I think this is 
one this is a card in which you're like wait why do i want more of a bad thing you know because a volatile skeleton is not fantastic um when you put a lot of bad things together it kind of becomes good uh and especially something like a volatile skeleton in which the damage that it randomly goes towards the more you have it the more it consistency you do have now i'm not saying there's a huge jump in consistency between like one random two damage paying versus two but it does improve it a little bit right and mm -hmm. the fact that you have double two twos and each one deals two damage okay you know that's a good step up now you know you can sort of direct those things if you're able to direct it. i understand they can attack into you first but if you can direct that that is a little bit more consistency the armor matters right this is a frost spell like once you get a lot of these things in you're like okay i can do something with this and mm -hmm. i think we've seen enough of these sorts of cards that i'm like yeah when you put a lot of bad things and bundle it in a package for arena it turns into something pretty decent yep all right so that's cold case next up we're on to rare cards the rare card I want to talk about first is Nightcloak Sanctum. This is the first location. Like we 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 went over the the location for the Hunter, which was a C plus, totally playable, draftable uh, card. The one where you get plus two attack, and then you uh, have uh, yeah, you, you also get rushed to your beasts. Like that's going to be a relevant card in the meta, but it's a little overshadowed because all the other Hunter cards are so absurdly amazing. Uh, it's going to have a lot of competition. Here in Mage, you get the first A-tier location. And there are more A-tier locations coming up. Locations are going to span from Total Trash, which we've seen with Demon Hunter and Druid, to A-tier cards that are like standard bearers for like good, modern, like premium cards. Um, it's just, it's really nice that they introduced the new location mechanic. And I really thought it was going to just be broken in Arena. Like, how are they going to balance it? Like, weapons are already kind of broken in Arena. Um, and it turns out that they actually made them totally balanced in Arena. So, this is an A-tier card. It is premium, but it is not overpowered. Nightcloak Sanctum. Three mana, three charges. Freeze a minion. Summon a 2-2 Volatile Skeleton. So, you get three volatile skeletons over the course of five turns you get to freeze three minions over the same period of time it's a lot of stuff but a lot of it is on delay uh it's it's very good and very disruptive right like what is what does freezing do it delays it disrupts what does volatile skeletons do it disrupts like because you know you have that death rattle you, um, you kind of want to trigger your opponent's death rattle so you get them less value. Like, if you're facing a, a volatile skeleton, right? You want to trigger it so they get less value, but you also don't want to trigger it because then that uses up one of your attacks and it, you know, triggers their tempo earlier. It's, uh, it's a lot of randomness, a lot of... Uh, uh, it's just going to be really annoying to play against Mage. Like, this Mage setup that they're going to have going on between Frozen Touch and, like, Cold Case and, like, your Secrets Package and your Nightcloak Sanctums with more Volatile Skeletons and Freezing, it's... This is going to be, I think, the most annoying class to play against in a while that we've seen. 
It's almost like Blizzard looked around and said, what is the most terrible things to play against in terms of annoying? Not like blatantly OP or like super unfun necessarily, but just you're always feeling like a tiny prick all over your body randomly for no reason over the course of the game. Like just like why? This is this is the class. This is mage right now. You're going to get you. And, and Nightcloak Sanctum is going to be a big part of that. Alright, uh, I got nothing more to say. I think it's pretty easy to see why this is uh, really good. Like, you're just going to get a lot for uh, for the value, and um, you even free something, right? It's like, yeah. what is really helpful if you need time to get value? Well, freezing something is pretty damn useful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, what are you going to... Like, when you think about your opponent plays this, right? And then, like, freezes one of your things. They probably play it when they have something uh, that they want to freeze. So you're already getting a lot of inefficiency there. And then you know, in every two turns, like, you, you can't play big stuff, right? And if you dodge it, it's still there. The location's not going away. At some point, you're going to play, like, a big thing or a thing you really need not to be frozen. And it will be frozen. It's guaranteed. <laughs> like, it's... It's, it's very, very, very annoying to, to play against. But it's also strategic, right? Because you want to put it on cooldown before you play your big thing or whatever. Um, so it's, it's mage, right? There's a lot of thinking involved, and then half the time it doesn't matter because of RNG. It's all very, very mage. All right, next. Okay, next up we have another A-tier card that is rare in mage. It is Suspicious Alchemist. Suspicious Alchemist is a 1-mana one 1-3, one so already decent. And then Battlecry, Discover a Spell. Well, well, why? But, if your opponent guesses your choice, they also get a copy. So, it's a 1-mana card, you get to use your spell first. You get to pick what spell it is, so even if your opponent 100% gets a copy, it's still really good. Um, but your opponent only gets a copy some of the time. And... Depending on what the spells are, you can try to be tricky with it if you really don't want to give your opponent a particular spell. Or you can just take the most powerful spell and it'll still be in your favor. Yep. There's definitely mind games involved here, right? Because there's there's not like a meta. It's not like, oh, you should always pick this. Because if you always pick that and people know that you should always pick it. Like you should always, you know, if a meta develops, then you should always try to counter it but then people are like oh man they're going to try to counter so i play the counter and you could also just be facing a real papega as mm -hmm. well like you never know right now the interesting thing is what if you're a high winds if you're a high winds ooh, maybe you alter that i like something like this um I, I i just i appreciate something like this i like it um it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a mm -hmm. lot of fun i like don't don't be the player that is always trying to outthink your opponent, though. Like, if everything, all, all else being equal, you try to outthink your opponent, maybe. But at the end of the day, uh, what you should really do is pick the best card. Pick the best card is your main play. Assuming that the best card is at least as favorable to you as your opponent. Like, if you have a full board and your opponent has nothing, don't pick Flame Strike. Right? Like, don't do it. Um, but if you if your opponent has a full board and you have nothing, pick flame strike. Use the flame strike. Who cares if your opponent gets a flame strike? Like, it, it's it's just it's it. You know, like you you got to be you got to have that situational awareness uh, to it. And a lot of that situational awareness is just not caring what your opponent is going to do. 
like make it easy for them make it hard for them maybe they'll outthink themselves maybe they'll be a papega like verb said maybe they'll do the right thing and then they'll just pick the correct card who cares just make sure you are not giving them a card that will actually wreck you and outside of that pick the best card um okay that's suspicious alchemist a tier card you're going to see it plenty of times. It's going to be that, like, you know, like, like I said, Ruth Mage, right? It's a lot of thinking, and then it's half RNG, even after all the thinking, and nothing matters. It's very mage. This whole set is very mage in, like, the worst mage ways. Uh, Deathborn is the last uh, rare card. It is a B+, so still super good. B+, is almost an A. This is where we initially rated cards like Night Captain before we moved it up. Um, it is a 6-mana Frost Spell. Deal 2 damage to all minions. Summon a 2-2 Volatile Skeleton for each one killed. So... There's going to be a lot of skeletons. Oh my god. It's just... It's about Volatile Skeletons. Um, I mean, there was this card, I forgot what it was called, that dealt 2 damage to everything on the board, and then for each one that it, like, honorably killed, I think? Oh, uh, no, for uh, each one over that overkilled. Or what, Blast Wave, Blast Wave. Yeah, Blast Wave. For each one that overkilled, you, you, like, drew a card or something. So, similar concept, except this one gives you tempo, which means it actually allows you to flip the board. Um, it's a B-plus because it costs a lot of mana. I think that other one was like 5 mana or something, and it was in an earlier time when cards were not as good. Uh, you could do interesting things to, to your side if you have some 1-1s or whatever, right? You kill me, summon a Volatile Skeleton. Even if you kill a 2-2 or a 3-2, Volatile Skeletons are better than that. Um, so you could do some interesting things with your side as well. But for the most part, you get a couple of kills on your opponent's stuff, and if you avoid killing your stuff, that's already worth it. Right? Like, summon two, two, two volatile skeletons and deal four damage for six mana. That's good. Like, you don't have to wait for the killer turn. The, the real... Like, this is a card that will probably have a win rate that is not reflective of its true power. Because it's a very hard card to play. Um, everyone's going to know when the jackpot hits. But knowing when to play the card before the jackpot hits, that's a huge skill. I don't have anything extra to say about this. I, I'm just really enjoying the Volatile Skeleton package. <sighs> I love it. Because a lot of it is face possible, right? A lot of the mage yes. package for this expansion is face possible. I'm not saying you always go face, but all these skeletons, you know, this is face possible. Mm -hmm. All and the freezing. All the freezing. And the spells. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is why yeah. I was like, Skeleton Mage. I'm very much so looking forward to it. But even though it's face possible, it's also control possible because of all the freezing, all the annoying things. Annoying things delay because yeah. they they make your opponent... Sometimes they literally delay like freezing, but other times they just make the board so weird that your opponent needs to remove stuff and they can't go to your face. Now, there's no big thing that Mage is building up to in this particular set, but remember, Box is back. Um, there are other sets that are coming back. There are neutral cards that are really, 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 really big, like... The Stoneboard General or whatever that card is that's coming. The 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 A tier card. Stoneboard General, yeah. Hey, I got it right. Um anyway. You can also play mage by trying to build up something. You can play mage a little faster and try to try to take advantage of the of the weirdness and your opponent not being able to efficiently remove everything on your side of the board. Um but yeah. 
All right, uh, let's deal with the epic cards. The epic cards are going to go fast because they all suck. One's F+, plus, one's F. Let's talk about the F+, plus one first. The F+, plus one is the secret. It is Vengeful Visage. You'd think with the secret synergies coming in, uh, maybe they'd get a good secret. Not for Arena, and it's epic. So you're not going to see it, and it's not good. Three mana, secret. After an enemy minion attacks your hero, summon a copy of it to attack the enemy hero. Anything that triggers on being attacked to the face is generally not good because your opponent can just not do that. Uh, and this one uh, deals a little face damage and summons what, what is attacking it. So it's just, it's, it's slow. It's not particularly useful. Uh, but if random secrets are starting to come out, you got to take account of this. So it's not like totally useless. You just never draft it. Um, solid Alibi is the other one. Solid Alibi is the other epic card. It is a 2-mana Frost Spell. Until your next turn, your hero can only take 1 damage at a time. It's bad. It's F. <laughs> you got anything to, to say about Solid Alibi? Uh, what was the 4-drop animated armor? Was that it? That yeah, had yeah, this effect? Yeah. But that had a body yeah. attached to it. It was a 4-4 four, four body for 4, too, so it was not a bad body. Uh, but I guess that one's vulnerable, right? Like, you can you can kill it. This one yeah. is guaranteed. But true, they're all bad. True. Like, but they're all like bad, this yeah. is This is a constructed kind of mechanic to, like, make sure you live a turn. Yes, very much so. All right, now we are at the legendaries. The mage legendaries aren't all that great. We'll start with the better one. The better one is a B. That should tell you all you need to know about it. And the better one is Kel'Thuzad, again. Uh, Kel'Thuzad is an 8-mana... Kel'Thuzad the Inevitable. Because it is inevitable that they make more Kel'Thuzads. They love Kel'Thuzad, man. They do. 8 mana, 6, 8. Battle cry. Resurrect your volatile skeletons. <laughs> Any that can't fit on the battlefield instantly explode. I'm loving the theme of this expansion. I, I just love it. I, I Oh, man. Uh, okay, so once again... Whenever you have an internal synergy, right, like a, a closed system, volatile, like it's only about volatile skeletons, right? So and all the volatile skeleton cards are like good. They're good. They're good <laughs> slash pickable, right? And remember, mm -hmm. there's a lot of very not pickable slash just really block cards uh, in this rotation. So the skeleton cards are gonna look pretty good in comparison, um, and that's what makes this card pretty freaking good you if you're playing a mage you should have skeletons you just should and you don't have to resurrect that many skeletons for this to be pretty damn good mm-hmm yep um yeah uh you you, you gotta you, like how many of these needs to probably will one one still bad two would probably be okay you really want three um so you gotta play them they gotta die fits all the themes Okay, uh, the next legendary card for Mage is Orion Mansion Manager. It is a 4 mana 3 5. After a friendly secret is revealed, cast a different Mage secret and gain plus 2 plus 2. More secret package stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a good card if you got that secret thing going, but it's not like would you rather get plus 2 plus 2, cast a different Mage secret, and get the chain going? Yeah. Um, that would be really nice, but you have to reveal the secret too. So, depends on a lot of things. Uh, we, we rated it a C, by the way. 
So it's a little better than a Yeti. Got nothing to say about this. All right. That is Mage. Super, super annoying. Super, super annoying. Skeletons are going to be... Uh, and that's the thing with skeletons, right? It's not like avoidable. Like Merv's is saying, like, you should have a lot of skeletons. He doesn't mean, like, if you're a good player, you should have a lot of skeletons. What he means is, it is inevitable that you have skeletons. Doesn't matter if you try to avoid them. Doesn't matter what you do. There's just enough cards that give you volatile skeletons, and they are good enough that you will just end up with skeletons. Um, you have to kind of put a finger on the scale to get your secret synergies going, but... Even if you put a seat finger on the scale, you're still going to end up with some skeletons, even if you don't want them. So, mage is going to be very skeletony this uh, this meta. All right. Okay, that's it for mage. Um, do you want to give any shoutouts or move on? Ne on to the next one. On to the next one. All right. Next up, we are going to do paladin. Uh, see you guys then. Bye. Welcome back! This is the Lightforge Podcast Grinning Goats card review stream for Murder at Castle Nathria. This is Abukta. This is Murps. Uh, what are we doing? We're not doing we Mage are doing... anymore, which is disappointing, because no. you know how much uh, I love Mage. Okay, well, we're doing Paladin. Ugh. And, yes, kind of ugh, but eh, Paladins are pretty straightforward, this, uh, this expansion, and they are powerful as usual, but they're not super ridiculously powerful. That's all you can ask for in an expansion. Whenever it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, don't do ridiculous things with Paladin. It's so easy to do ridiculous things with Paladin, because they're very... They are, like, the most arena-centric class. Um, and they didn't. It's powerful still, but it's not overpowered. So let's go with uh, the common cards. There are two A-tier common cards, two A-tier common cards, and one B-tier common card. We'll go with the two A-tier common cards first. First one is Muckborn Servant. Muckborn Servant is a 3-mana 2-4 taunt. Battlecry, discover a Paladin card. It's, it's good. Discover well, are, are you reading out the scores? Good. Since we're not showing it, you should read yeah, out the I card. Just, I, I, I literally just said there are two A-tier cards like four times. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how about we just settle... Like, after you read the stats, you reiterate, this is a blank card, okay? Okay, but I did it before I read the card. I know, I know. But you should do it after. I think it'll just be better for everyone's understanding. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, the, this is an A-tier card. Um, it's a three mana two four taunt battle cry. Discover a paladin card. Discovering paladin cards are good. We just went over how good paladin cards usually are for the arena. Um, but it's not a, a exactly on curve drop, but it still serves a purpose later and has a taunt. So it's a it's a good a tier card. Yeah, I think that uh, anytime you are able to limit discovers in a good way. Okay, so for example, this is a great way to limit discovers like if you are discovering only spells that's great right because spells are only class cards if you're only discovering paladin cards well hell paladins have a lot of really good cards like the hit rate is going to be pretty damn high um so this is just a really really nice card that you are happy to draft i like the fact that it has taunt right like uh it'll impact the board a little bit more than just a vanilla 2-4 uh that's basically it's a better it. panda yeah it's a it's a, it's definitely a better panda, yeah. All right, 
Next one, uh, the other A tier card is Buffet Biggin. Buffet Biggin, common four drop, four mana, two four. Battle cry, summon two silver hand recruits. Looks like uh, that, that neutral four drop that we all know and love. Um, but there's also infused three. Give them plus two attack and divine shield. Plus two attack and divine shield is a lot, by the way. For, for if you're if you're trying to do the math, that's that's like I don't know, like four stacks for for two things. So it's like eight stacks. That's that's a lot of stacks. So you really want to infuse this one. You could just play it as a four drop before it gets infused, and they could even just naturally get infused by the time you get around to playing it. But uh, uh, you do want this one infused unless you have nothing else to do on four. And and this one is an A tier card. That's it. I don't. I don't think I need more explanation. God, what does it become? Three one divine shields. Two three one divine shields and a two four for four mana. It's extremely good. And with the possibility of it being played on curve at that stat too, because it's infused three, and this is turn four. So if you just have a two drop or a three drop that summons two bodies, and then you stay on your curve, or if you play a one drop, a two drop, and a three drop, and they all die, even if they only have one body. Then your buffet begin is 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 it, it comes out like that. Oh. All right. Uh, the final card that is a neutral. Uh, sorry, that is a that is a common card for Paladin is a sinful sous chef. One mana, two one death rattle. Add two silver hand recruits to your hand. Um, it's a it's a B. Yay. This is good. Uh, look, what does this card kind of remind you of? Like, Dry Gulch Jailer, right? Was that the yeah, name of like the, the yeah. card? Uh, yeah. This is just like a better version, right? Mm -hmm. You're actually getting the stats that you're supposed to get, and then you get more Silverhand Recruits. Just a solid card. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's move on to the rare cards. The first rare card I want to talk about is the location. This is a A tier card, a A tier card, um, and it is the Great Hall, the Paladin location. Two mana, three charges, set a minion's attack and health to three. Keeper of Aldemon is back. This is his Great Hall. He's not here, but the Hall will do its job. And uh, remember, you can always buff your own minions or your own 1-1s. Uh, you don't have to use it on your opponent, but you can flexibly use it on your opponent. And you can, uh, like, imagine playing against this, right? Whenever I see a location, I always imagine playing against it. They put it out, they do something, something happens, like, whatever, right? It's not terribly great tempo on the first turn always. Um, but then what do you do? You just never play a big card. <laughs> like... So look, they could just keep one last charge and just hold all your big cards hostage. Yes, they can hold all of your big cards hostage. In between, you could technically play around it, right? Remember, there was that mm. one-turn cooldown for locations. It's pretty rough, though. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Um, Paladins limiting what you do, uh, that's really rough. And this is sort of the power of these sorts of persistent things that stay on the board and really limit your options of like playing a big thing spreading out etc etc uh it was part of the problem with super collider right like because 
like I remember when Super Collider first came out. I mean, some people just didn't understand what the card did, um, but others were like, oh. I just have to play a singular unit forehead. Like, oh, just play one unit. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, okay, I mean, you, you really don't have that much of a choice in Arena of you playing one unit uh, or you spreading out. You can't just say, like, oh, just do this then. Um, mm -hmm. Lack of choice is what defines the Arena. So this forcing you to be like, oh, just don't play a big minion. Ah, uh, that's tough. There are lots of great big minions, right? Um... Or just play around the cooldown. Well, that's tough too. Like, so I have to like play at least one turn suboptimally before maybe they use this. Um, that's a problem, right? If you playing you playing around it means they probably just don't use it, and you're playing suboptimally. So it's just going to set up like so many situations that are really frustrating for you. Um, and this is going to stick around for three charges. So yeah, and then the first charge you probably don't even see coming. Yep, yep. Um, the the fact that these look I I always thought it was weird that the locations have a uh, rush basically and they can be used immediately. I thought it would be like a slower thing. Um, but yeah, uh, great haul. It's an A tier card. Uh, next card that is a rare card is a divine toll. A divine toll is a seven mana holy spell. Shoot five rays at random enemies. They give friendly minions plus two plus two and deal two damage to enemy minions. This is a B tier card. This is really freaking random. Really freaking random. If there are boards on the board, you have no idea what this is going to do. It is hard to do trades before, it is hard to do trades after. It is messy. If the board is cleaner, like let's say you have no minions and your opponent has minions, then this deals 10 damage, right? And you kind of know how it's going to be split. But 7 mana for 10 damage on the board is not the best thing. Um, and if your opponent doesn't have the board, like, or you clear it and you only have cards left, then it just buffs your minions. And again, that's more controlled, but you're not getting that many buffs for uh, a 7 mana card. It's just awkward. Um, I think there are ways that you can manipulate it. You know, there are definitely ways in which you are able to kind of maximize what you get out of it. Uh, it, yeah, the only thing holding it back is like, it could be a little bit awkward, but that's about it. It's, it's a good card. Mm -hmm. You guys will see when you're playing with it. It can just be a super awkward card, way too uh, high percent of the time. Because what you're looking for is um, sometimes it, like, doesn't do enough damage. Sometimes it deals inefficient damage. Sometimes mm -hmm. the buff is not exactly enough, right? So it just costs a little bit too much to potentially do not enough. That's the problem with it. Like, what do you like to do with buffs for the most part? You like to buff and then remove a minion, eat a minion, right? That's what's good to do with the buff. But in order to do that, you need to leave opponent minions on the board. And then this one may just hit it. And then it may just inefficiently hit it and not even remove it, right? So it's a lot of, like, it gets in its own way. Like, yeah, it could be a 10-10 charge, essentially, right? That's the best way to do it. But when you're buffing, most of the time you don't want to buff and go face. Most of the time you want to buff and remove stuff. And this one doesn't really give you that option without subjecting you to, like, insane RNG. Alright, go next. Yep, go next. Next up, we have Service Bell. 
Service spell is a three mana spell. Discover a class card from your deck and draw all copies of it. This is a C tier card. Three mana is a lot of mana to be drawing a card. You're discovering a class card, but you gotta make sure you have at least two copies of that in your deck to make it worth it. Which means that this discover is not really as discovery because your choices are actually limited. It's like get two of this card or one of the other card, right? Like this is not the same as actually discovering uh, a card. Or you can use it to actually discover a card, but then you only get one card. Um, it, it's a little mixing of, of the two. And so overall, it's still a, definitely a pickable card. We rated above a Yeti. Um, class cards are good. Paladin class cards are good. You can get two cards. You can potentially get three cards, depending on you know how, how stacked your deck is with, with certain cards. Uh, but it's a lot of mana. Yep. Um, it's just interesting because if you whatever you pick and if you are drawing something that you have two of the fact that you have two of them and it is a class card probably means it's pretty damn good so mm. whenever you do get the draw the double draw right um it probably means you are double drawing an an, an extraordinarily good card so that raises the uh like that raises the ceiling of this card significantly, but that's kind of the problem of it. Like, you know, you have that high ceiling, but the consistency, because, uh, you know, we're not looking at, like, the deck that you've already drafted. This is the average score, right? There are gonna, yeah. going to be, like, this is just better for better decks. Um, and if you just have that, like, consistency there, well, this could be amazing, because what you draw ends up being really, really insane. Mm-hmm. It also suffers from the fact that when you're drawing a card, especially when you're discovering a card, you want to discover big cards because it's usually later in the game and size matters more uh, and mana matters less. Uh, but your big cards, you're also less likely to have duplicates of because you just don't want two 8-drops in your deck, right? That's just something you generally don't want, even if it's a really good class card. Uh, so your percent chances of your deck having something like that for you to draw into is pretty low most of the cards that you have duplicates of are going to be mid-range or small cards. And that's not really what you want to be discovering into. Like I said, the discover part of this is really kind of a, a red herring. Because um, you're not really discovering. You're just having a chance to actually get your two cards. By the way, whenever you mention red herring, like you, you, there's an actual card named red herring. I, I know, so. but, but people know it's not a class card. They're not confused. Okay. So, Service Bell. It's not trash, but it's not great either. Let's go to the next one. Next one is Elitist Snob. We are in the epic section now. Um, Elitist Snob is a 5 mana 3 4 battle cry for each paladin card in your hand. Randomly gain Divine Shield, Life Steal, Rush, or Taunt. You'll have paladin cards in your hand. Um, that's not the problem. The problem is that the stuff you gain is random, and you're probably not going to have four of them to make it not random. And some of these are not worth a lot. Like Lifesteal and Taunt, they are not worth a lot. Divine Shield and Rush, worth a lot more. So you got to get two of them. you got to get two of them for this to really be anything. And uh, it's just, it's, it's random. You don't get what you need. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not a fan of this card, either its design or how good it is. Uh, we, we gave it a C, 
Like, it's a little better than a Yeti. Uh, it just kind of adds up, but it's so hard to use. It's very hard to use. I think some people might think it's, like, even lower, um, in which case I don't think it's, like, even lower. But, uh, yeah, it's just you, not... You only need two things, right? If you get two things, yeah. uh, it's it's kind of, like, where where it's at. Yep. Okay. I think that's enough about this. Yeah. And remember, this is the endless card advantage uh, uh, meta, right? With, with Skullamance being in. You're going to have Paladin cards. You're going to have more Paladin cards than in any other meta. You will. Alright. Uh, finally, you have Promotion. Uh, promotion is one mana, epic spell. Give a Silver Hand Recruit plus three plus three. Super, super simple card. Uh, it is a B tier card because it is a three mana four four. <laughs> like even if you're not using it for its actual ability, it's just like an overstat a three drop at its absolute base. Yep, it's a three mana four four, and the extra consideration is such that um, what it takes away is if you're playing a three mana four four, you don't have the extra hero power, right? So it's yeah. not a pure three mana four four, but it can also be used for initiative right mm -hmm. like uh so it's a give and a take but overall i mean it's it's nice it's it's good mm -hmm. b tier card now on to the legendaries legendaries the first one we'll talk about let's talk about the good one it's a a plus card a plus card almost a s tier card but not quite steward the steward three mana three three death rattle Give the next Silver Hand Recruit you summon plus three plus three, which makes it a four four, and this Death Rattle. So now, basically, <clears throat> whenever this one dies, your next two mana hero power gives you a four four, which is really good. And uh, and every single hero power you do after that, as long as you can kill off your four four, uh, get, 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 gets it again. So it is quite good once you get it to trigger. This is a card that is. You know, if we are looking at the meta and what we think the meta is going to be, this is a meta beater, right? Like, mm -hmm. this sort of beats the meta that we think is going to happen because it doesn't matter. It's like, oh, man, they're going to build up their infuse. They're going to do this and do that. Okay, you as the Paladin, you're going to have some infuse. You're going to also, like, try to play a longer game, you know, while, while putting an appropriate amount of pressure on them as well. And meanwhile, you are just going to get extra stats all along the way. Like, every other turn at the very least, right? You're just getting a lot of extra stats, uh, which means you are going to outpace them. Like, because you're going to get your infuse, they're going to get their infuse. You're going to get their your corrupts, they're going to get their corrupts. But you, every step of the way, are going to get so many more stats because of this thing that uh, you will win the game that, that you want to be playing and that everyone wants to be playing. Yep. Uh, but keep in mind, like, it, 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 if you read this and you're like, oh my god, this is so overpowered, my hero power is just summoned a 4-4. Four, four. Your hero power is not summoned a 4-4. Four, four. That 4-4 four, four thing has to die, which you may not be able to make happen. And if you are able to make happen, it means you, it can't go face, which makes it worse. And it also means that the 4 health you put on it probably didn't matter. And it's effectively a 4-1. So... It's really, in practice, probably more like every other turn that you get this 2-mana uh, 4-4 four, four for free. Yep. Okay. That is uh, the good legendary, and I'll talk about the bad legendary. The bad legendary is the Countess. It is bad. 
7 mana 7-7. Seven, seven. Battle Cry. If your deck has no neutral cards, add 3 legendary invitations to your hand. I don't know what legendary invitations are. I don't care. Your deck's going to have neutral cards. So it's a 7 mana 7-7. Seven, seven, and that's it. Alright. Cool. So that is Paladin. What do you think? It's fair. You know, it's kind of what you expect from Paladin. Is there like a broken card or two? Yeah, of course there is. It's Paladin. <laughs> like it, it wouldn't be Paladin without at least a couple of broken cards. Um, but you know, it's not like extreme, right? It's it's yeah, nothing like that it's we're not S tier. It's A tier. Yeah. So this is uh, I think what we should expect from Paladin, right? It's like oh, of course there's like a great hall, right? And this is one of those things where, like, okay, well, uh, you know, Bridge is gone, and now they have Hall. And I think Hall is better than Bridge. Uh, they, they just do very different things, right? Bridge is, like, mm -hmm. pushing tempo. It's sort of like a mid-game tempo push. This locks out opponents. But if we're just replacing good cards, um, Paladins have always had good cards. This doesn't do anything to really push the power level of Paladins. It just pushes their annoyance, which, let's face it, every Paladin card does, like, how annoyed were you with like Templar Captain? Right, that's what that was one of the most annoying cards. Um, so I, I don't think that goes beyond annoying. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it was really powerful and it was like really someone stabbing you repeatedly. Yeah, that's annoying. Nah, pricks are annoying. Getting stabbed is, is well, just, they they injurious. Well, and then they shield injurious. up afterwards, right? Yes, <laughs> they stab you and, and then they taunting. shield up afterwards. Uh. Yeah, no, it was it was extraordinarily annoying. Um, so I, I think this just continues what Paladins did, uh, which, you know, is pretty annoying, but, um, that's just how Paladins play. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, uh, Brand New and, uh, to 4P for putting up with us while we do this. Over two nights now. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you guys for, you know, existing. Uh, that's it for Paladin. We're doing Rogue next. Rogue. See you guys then. Bye. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>